ready? D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! Guys, I have a question. You both saw the game last night, right? Leafs, Blue Jackets. Unfortunately. Okay, all right. So the question I have for you is... No! Which Toronto Maple Leafs player's personality is to blame for last night's loss? As in, <laughs> who is too boring to lead the Leafs past Columbus? I just want to know which which of the big four it's going to be. Uh, it's got it's got to be the captain. Starts with leadership. It's got to be the captain. The captain is John Tavares too boring to lead the Leafs past the Columbus Blue Jackets in the play-in round? Jesse, I I think he might be. Because mm. I haven't seen enough front foot action. And ah, we know true. That's what really gets him excited is and when Steve- the puck is on the front foot. And we, we haven't seen that. So right now he's just level no fr- boring. He's not front foot, haha. Right. He's <laughs> not laughing. He's not laughing right now. <laughs> Better not miss. <laughs> Still the best clip of all time. Uh, Steve, what were you going to say before I so uh, ineloquently cut you off? <laughs> well, you know, you know, they, they represent uh, who the captain is. They show who the captain is on the chest. See on the chest. Mm-hmm. But for me, you know what I see? Whenever it's after the game and he's walking around in his sandals, like hockey players do. They like eating his kale? Them. Yeah, eating his kale. But after the game, after being in those tight boots, they like to let their little feetsies air out. And you know what I see with John Tavares? Toes in pristine condition. Guy doesn't even think about kicking a trash can to motivate his team. You wow. just got to walk in there. You got to have five of them lined up. Letter Kenny. Blah! And just start blah, kicking them all over the place so that the Toronto Maple Leafs know to blah, score some freaking goals. That's what they got to do. And if right. he doesn't do that, bad leadership. Connor McDavid never kicked a trash can in his life. That's the only true. time he ever kicked the trash can was in 2017. And look at that. They made it to the second round or whatever. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Adrian Dater of uh, Colorado Hockey Now suggested that Connor McDavid, and he, this was on Twitter, Connor McDavid is not inspiring enough to lead the Edmonton Oilers to victory. He said he's just too boring. Now, the tweet, as far as I can tell, has been deleted. Uh, oh. But Dom Lecision of The oh. Athletic suggested so that it might be the team, as in maybe they're not a complete team. Uh, you know, as we sort of mentioned, we sort of touched on it, right? Like the Edmonton Oilers are not a complete team completely. Um, and he said, well, you know, also maybe you don't put a sieve in that to which Adrian data responded to Dom. Uh, <laughs> why don't you watch the games and your articles are boring. And then he blocked them and then he deleted the original tweet. So listen, it's great to be an adult and it's nice to have hockey back, isn't it? What's with hockey returning and writers fighting on Twitter? Oh man! It, well, we it, the last two not days <laughs> we're not, not going to get there right man. now. But <laughs> the last twenty-four hours have been unbelievable, man. They've been great. Yep. <laughs> now we have another uh, writer fight. I, I pen fight. What do we call it? Like a like a in, is it, uh, is it swords if they're using pens? What? I would what is call it, it a is... cold war. It's been a cold war for quite some time now between Steve Simmons and James Myrtle. No, we'll get to that in a second. No, no, oh, I'm talking that about what, were, what, do, were... what do we do? What do we call it, Steve, when I don't know what you're looking at, but I don't know. <laughs> I tried to I do it stealth. I tried to do it stealth. What are you looking up? 
I'm looking for the really, really, really funny tweet that I sent you guys a couple days ago. Okay. Another Colorado writer. What I was asking. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that is funny. Check the media section of the messages, by the way. Um, oh, you're smart. Yeah. You're so smart. what I was asking, Steve, is what do you call a blood feud between hockey writers? You know what I mean? When it finally erupts. I mean, this is this was four months in the waiting, and I think with with James and Steve, probably longer. Who knows? Spilled, Although I don't think we'll get to ink. that. Spilled ink. No, no, no. It has to be. No, no, no. That's the that's the story about it afterwards. That's the book that's written about the fight. I'm talking about like you know, there's like blood feuds. What's a writer's feud? Think about it. We'll come back to it. A paper tumble. No, Ooh, no. a paper cut. A paper oh, cut. yeah, well, that's a good one. You know, you that's know, not bad. <laughs> good one. <laughs> Myrtle telling Simmons that he can get 40% off these hands. <laughs> when you All subscribe to these fists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk are about we, the least. Are we allowed to start there? What's can that, Jesse? Jesse, start... your mic's cutting down again. Sorry, buddy. Ah, so what... Can we start with Myrtle and Simmons? You want to start with that? Okay, so, so after the game, <laughs> um, uh, Morgan Riley and Austin Matthews are on the media Zoom call. And essentially, if you miss this clip, it's sort of like three and a half minutes long. But about a minute in, uh, the second person asked a question is Steve Simmons, Toronto Sun. And um, there is a lot of looking away from the camera from both players. And Steve Simmons asked him about Columbus playing them tight. Just a typical hockey question. And Austin Matthews said, it's a shame that I have to answer a question from you right now. Uh, I thought the article you wrote about my health earlier this summer was unethical and then went on to answer politely Steve's question, which I have to give him credit for. And Steve Simmons tweeted last night that he had no problem with what Austin said to him. He said the reason that that would have been shared publicly and not privately is because they wouldn't have been able to have a conversation in the dressing room aside from everybody else. I don't know. I guess that's something that probably happens from time to time with players where it's like, I don't, I didn't like that you wrote this about me when we had Steve Simmons on the podcast eons ago, uh, he talked about uh, certain players. What did he say? But he said Darcy Tucker knew where the commas were. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that that is a, um, you know, that's a guy that's done it for a very, very long time. However, the fight that erupted was James live tweeting, James Myrtle of The Athletic live tweeting what was going on and what was being said, uh, especially the Austin Matthews moment. So Steve Simmons responds retweets it again i love being an adult because this stuff still happens um and says you know james it would be great you know he was what it's most it was very passive aggressive but it's sort of like show up at the games and actually ask a question well now, it wasn't even that it's uh oh i i guess myrtle had done a radio hit or something that steve listened to yeah. oh is that what this came from i think it mm -hmm. was and myrtle uh supposedly was asked you know who's been the most impressive leaf at camp and, he, and Simmons goes, and without hesitation, he said, Austin Matthews. But he wasn't there. He wasn't and, there. And James Myrtle replied by tweeting out a photo of him at camp. Even though Steve Oh, did Simmons, he? Uh, yeah, with the upside-down smiley emoji. <laughs> <laughs> this was the response to Steve Simmons. Even though Simmons accused Myrtle of never attending uh, a, one day of camp, he was there. Right. Um, I love it. Now, love it. now, Steve oh, Simmons God. retweeted James last night as as James was talking about what Austin Matthews said to Steve, and Steve said this would never happen to James Myrtle. He never asks a question, never. But he uses everybody else's quotes. 
he was asked the other day on the radio who the best player at Leaf Camp was, and without hesitating, never mind that he hadn't been at Leaf Camp once, he said Austin Matthews. Now, that is very funny that James responded like that. But, you know, I've it's- never understood that. Um, that 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 is obviously something that bugs him. He's brought it up more than once. I, it's a scrum. What do you think all those microphones are doing? I don't turn it off between questions. I've yeah, never turned my mic off because it wasn't my question. Someone yeah. asks a good question and, the, and it prompts a good answer from the player. I'm using it. Yes, and guess what exactly. rights you have to it? Nothing. <laughs> I'll, I'll say you asked it as a courtesy, maybe. It's a public But like, I, it's a scrum. Well, and, well, and I don't owe you anything. There has been a brooding thing between, and James would hate that we're even talking about this, but uh, there's been a brooding thing between the Toronto Sun and the Athletic for a long time. I know Steve Buffery uh, weighed in, and there have been several other people who have gone toe-to-toe with Athletic guys before because, frankly, uh, you know, there's a there's a new, new kid in town, and that's frustrating and anxiety-inducing and probably a little annoying for the guys that have been there doing that forever. And so it's, it's a, I'm not trying to take sides here, um, but it's a, it's, it's, it's a rivalry, shall we say. People, as they say, uh, when, when Austin Matthews and Zach Wierenski, former friends from the USA development camp, when Wierenski followed through on the Matthews hit, they were jawing at each other. Which Just is jawing. perfectly fine. Right, perfectly yeah. Fine. Yeah. Hey, listen, we're all, fu- we're all fired up. The playoffs are back, man. Yeah. Let's go. And then there's Lance Hornby and Terry Koshan from the center. Just, you know, just kind of just nice really nice trying guys. to do their job. Just, hey, everyone, just here to cover some hockey. I know. They're, they're so, and Mike Zeisberg, he used to work for them as well. Yeah, he's NHL.com now. Right. Yeah. But, like, you, it's it's so funny because you got these bomb, a couple of bombastic guys and then these guys that are just, like, the kindest people in the world. And you're just just different personalities in every newsroom, right? Uh, I would I would help Lance Hornby boost his car. Like if I saw him in the parking lot, like he's just so nice. Oh, I, yeah. I barely yeah. saw him say anything. Like when I was covering the Marlies, I'm just like, he's so nice. Same with um, Zeisberger. If, uh, if, Big if Mike seat. Zeisberger was like, yo, I need a, I need a place to stay. I've met him three times in my life. I'd be like, I got a spare bedroom. Go ahead. He's just, a, he's just a great guy. Um, and so love anyway, Scarborough, love Scarborough Does so he? much. Oh yeah. He, when I went to, um, that Scarborough's where we grew up, by the way, for anybody that doesn't know. Well, and I went to the Black Dog, which is just up the street from where we grew up. So, yeah, small story here that I've told before. Chris Draper used to always bring the cup there whenever Detroit won. He used to bring Mm -hmm. it to the Black Dog. But I was too young to just go to a pub by myself, and so I never got the opportunity to go. When the Capitals won it, Devontae Smith-Pelly, who also grew up in that neighborhood, brought it there. And I'm like, oh, I can't miss that opportunity. And so I went, and Zeisberger just happened to be there. And I was like, what are you doing here? Oh, right. And he just cuts me off. He goes, Scarborough. He, he just loves going home. Okay. There you go. Loves it. Big, <laughs> big so Z. wholesome. Big Z from the big S. <laughs> big Z from the big S. So last night's uh, Blue Jackets Leaf game, um, uh, I mean, couldn't have been a, a more <laughs> boring return for Leaf fans and for Blue Jackets fans. Although I guess uh, Blue Jacket fans have got to be used to this. And they're happy to win, I'm sure. But uh, I want to firstly say before we get into the game that this morning I tweeted, good morning to everybody except Cam Atkinson. It's a podcast day. Cam Atkinson then liked it. Uh, now, this isn't the first time I've had an NHL or like one of my tweets, but, but this is by far the funniest. And okay. then I, post, I posted it on Instagram and he responded to it there as well. 
So uh, Cam Atkinson is in full troll mode, and I, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm okay with it. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> and you, he you is were, a leaf killer. You were nice to him, Adam. I, I went hard after you say? I saw it. I added him. I directly oh, added did. him. And I said, since you're on here, I hope you dunk a cookie in your coffee and it gets soggy quicker than anticipated so it breaks off into the coffee and you can't find a spoon. It's playoff intensity, damn it. <laughs> we're, you know what? We're in full form, man. It's great. How is he ever going to recover from that? He can't. Listen, He's going to be scratched next game. The reason we're talking about this is because last night's so game was so boring that our coverage of it would probably be just as boring. It was bad. Boring, 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 but really good for the Columbus Blue Jackets. They stopped every spot that the Leafs um, that the Leafs normally go to, that they rely on. You can tell they've been studying. And they made a ghost of Mitch Marner, which is not easy. Uh-huh. Ooh, that Zero whole line, shots on goal. That line, you know? that line was awful. But I tell you what, uh, and I brought this up in my video today, blowing the Leafs up if they lose to Columbus. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. You can't do that. Making a significant move just because they lost to Columbus is crazy. You can't do that. Was there anything last night you hadn't seen before? Was there anything last night you hadn't seen all season long? Clog up the middle of the ice, force them to go to the corner, and beat their ass. That's what every team knows to do. And all of a sudden, this high-octane offense can't do anything. Eunice Corpusalo, you could have put a cardboard cutout. You could have put a 42-year-old team employee in net, and you would have got the same result. No, no shots in the last six minutes and 12 seconds. You suck. The Corpusalo played amazing. Don't discredit his play. He, he did made play great. two good saves. No, yeah, he was. The Robertson one and the Matthews though. one, right? Two. Yeah. Yes, two. Yeah. You name them like that, Adam. You well, name them like that. Because those are the only things that happened. Yes, Nothing they happened. were. <laughs> you Nothing name them like that. <laughs> well, I'm not crazy. Okay, maybe a little, <laughs> Steve, but I'm right. Steve, if you were you doing can be both. If you were doing a highlight pack for this game, how long would it be? Five minutes of me shouting. Would you? Oh, really? Yeah. No, no, like a highlight no, pack. No, and I would snap, and I would only leave in the offsides and icings. <laughs> no, no goals or saves, just offsides and icings. We're doing it, KHL old school. It was not good. It was not good, no. and it's fr- it's frustrating. And you know, I was th- sitting on my couch last night by myself after my daughter went to bed after the first period, because she, of course, was like, "No, I'm staying up for this." It was well well past her bedtime, but we watched the first period together, and that put her to sleep, which was, you know, I was thankful for the Blue Jackets to that. But I'm trying to figure out why I cannot remember Toronto dominating anybody. Who do they because, dominate? Adam, here's what they would do. Get a little closer to Mike, by the way. They would dominate the New Jersey Devils, for example. They would dominate them six to one or five to one. And the final score would be seven four. And you'd be like, oh, okay. And they'd be up four to one on the Montreal Canadiens, and they would lose six to five. And they would be up and up and up. They they dominated the Red Wings once. Get them a friggin' medal. For yeah. beating a barely East Coast team. Hey, Montreal couldn't. Yeah. I heard. Uh, I heard. Right? Gord Stelic say, <laughs> I heard Gord Stelic say an interesting thing on the radio today. He said, "If you went to bed last night and didn't see any of the game, then you woke up this morning and somebody said the score was two nothing, you'd know Columbus won. But if somebody said the score was five five three, wow. you would have known the Leafs had won." 
And it's, it was perfect because that's, oh, they that's the hockey game they, they play. If it was 7-4, the Leafs would have won. And any close game is Columbus because if they can't get the ball rolling with the offense, there's nothing there. And Isn't that it? that for the last three years. Isn't that it? Like, okay, five months off, first game back, unique circumstances. Picked up right where they left off. That's the bad news. Like, <laughs> they're the same. They're the same not very good hockey team. Let's, let's, say, let's say it. They're not very good. Not they're very not. good when they're not rolling. When they're not rolling. They can't. <laughs> when have they ever been able to defend? They turned it on, I want to say, half a dozen times this season where they had a really good defensive performance that was matched by an offensive performance. Just enough to think to make you think, hey, they could do this. Yeah. And, and one of them was a loss. Everyone's like, remember that St. Louis game? I do. They lost. What are you talking about? And it was at home. You're bragging about a home loss? None of these things are symptoms of a champion. Oh, boy. Didn't you miss this? <laughs> I love that you're, you're full-blown tear it apart mode right. already. Because, one Adam, game, two goals, <laughs> one of which was on an actual goalie, and yeah. you're already uh, upset. No. And listen, Freddie looked great. Freddie looked great. But uh, reliving the 70 and 7 series that I did on my channel uh, scarred me because I thought those games were bad the first time I saw them. And then I had some time off. You know, I, I did I did that. what I do during a pandemic. I watched every single goal by every single player because they have those on a playlist. Shut up! I had time! <laughs> Ridiculous. I had time! And that, But then I went back and I went through every single game and I went, this team stinks. And then they came back against Columbus and... This is the most frustrating thing. This is what drives my blood pressure through the roof about this team. They could easily win the next three games and beat Columbus. Sure. Yep. Right. And that is the thing, you know, but like, but I want to know what the Leafs are going to do to regroup and lose this in five. Well, this is the weird thing about the Leafs. If they win the next three games or they lose the next two, are you going to be surprised? No, not at all. Right. Because they're capable of great success and also horrendous failure. And that is what is so stress-inducing. Like, I think there's a lot of players, a lot of people from other teams who, who cheer for other teams and follow other teams are like, well, yeah, it's stressful following my team too. I don't know. No, nobody, nobody in the league loses in a spectacular fashion like the way the Toronto Maple Leafs do. We can talk about the failure of the Edmonton Oilers organization over the last few years and uh, until uh, Ken Holland got there and Dave Tippett got there and Connor McDavid and all the other, you know, we can talk about that. But game to game, no one loses spectacularly like the Leafs do. No one. No one. And, and has so much talent, right? Like Edmonton, it was like, it was sort of a surprise that they did as well as they did this year. Not surprised that Leon and Connor did as well as they did, but that the rest of the team kicked it up too. Great surprise. Nice to see him in the dance. Awesome. With the Leafs, it's like there is, you just do not know what you're going to get. Ever. And it will either be a good night. And if, even if it is a good night, you know well, that bad night's just around the corner. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. And Here that's comes. what I, I'm trying to figure out, in all honesty, what is it that – what is the one thing? You know what I mean? Because you, you look at it as like, well, is it the defense? Is it the forwards not getting back? Is goaltending's okay? Uh, like, what is it? And they're not good. The, they're not, they're good. not good. But one thing I love that, that 
Col- or sorry, Colorado, Columbus does. And we are talking about Colorado next. I love the way Columbus forechecks. I love the way that Columbus works. Yeah. In Boston. It's what do you down. do when you go to work? Yeah. They go, you work. work. <laughs> Boston did They're the crying same thing. out loud, you know? Like anyway. Boston did the exact same thing with Boston, skilled players. You know, that, that's an interesting thing. Okay, I don't know if you wanted to dedicate much time. Oh my god, did your computer just fall? No, 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 no. I'm just uh slowing my fan down. Go ahead, Steve. Or, or Sorry, did your couch ahead. slide back? No, anyway, no, just... <laughs> um I don't know if you had like a Boston segment planned out, but I've had a lot of Bruins fans message me like, what the hell is wrong with the Bruins? Um the Flyers are good, man. <laughs> the Flyers are good. Flyers are good. Also, there's been some funky stuff around the Bruins, like Kasha and Pasternak and I think there was something with Bergeron too. To like I, start I to start phase two, they had twelve guys missing. Was it not? Yeah, something something's out of sorts with the Boston Bruins. But what I've obviously watched a lot of Bruins hockey over the last few years, and what I'm always amazed by is they're not spectacular. They're really not. Uh, what about them is truly special? They get very good goaltending. They do. Their back end is, it's good. It's good. Their first line is maybe the best first line in the league, or mm-hmm. one of them. Probably it's top five. They just work really hard, man. <laughs> they just work really hard. They're not particularly special. And hard work wins almost every time. Mm. Almost every time. Columbus, Columbus or Tampa, who are you taking? Well, I know your answer now. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I would have been Tampa last year. I know your answer also now. Tampa. You know but, what I, I mean? mean? But yeah, yeah, hundred percent. There's it. There's a work ethic that these guys have that, uh, and you know, I I wonder that with the Leafs, is it there? There's a timidity that I've seen with this offense for the Leafs that it just feels like they're just waiting for something to happen. Whereas Columbus, they can't make much happen. But if anything does happen, they'll have made it happen. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, you go, you, you don't, you do have some offensive weapons there, you know, Bjorkstrand and uh, Wenberg and Atkinson and those guys. But, but let's, they're not a high powered offense. This is not a major superstar team anymore. Um, Adam, you, you, you were so close to the proper question a few minutes ago. How many it? times can you remember the Leafs dominating? Almost so close. How many times can you remember the Leafs dictating the play? Right. Mm. Yes. Dictating yes. the play. They don't from, do that. from from puck drop onward, or maybe from the Nick Robertson chance onward. They made John Tortorella look like Jack Adams, and <laughs> all he did was tell his hockey players to stand in the middle of the ice, and that paralyzed them. There was <laughs> nothing they could do. We can't back pass our way through this one. How are we going to do this? Oh, oh I, I back passed it and he back passed it and we didn't get through. I, I don't know what happened. You know what's going to be despicable when the Leafs win 7-1 in game two and we talk about because it was the four o'clock game and the ice was better? I don't think that's going to be no. It's a thousand percent. <laughs> there is no way that that's an excuse. You want to bet? Well, no, because my scenario involves the Leafs winning. My picks stink. I'm up in one series so far and it's the Islanders, which yeah. I'll throw it away. I don't even want to be right. Because you, you took the Rangers over Carolina. Are you nuts? You took the Rangers. Are you no, nuts? No, I didn't. I, I, I know you Rangers. didn't, but I just, I'm angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Carolina is amazing. By the way, thank you. I, we'll get to that series. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, the keys to game two here, and we'll, we'll wrap this up because it was, there's not much to talk about. It was, you know, a mishandled puck by Freddie. That was the difference in the game. You will not score. Sorry. You will not win. If you do not score, Sheldon Keefe said it, um, you know, players echoed it. Uh, the Leafs have got to get that offense going. What do you do? If a team does crowd the, the, the middle, how do you get around that? What do you do? Steven. You got to beat them in the corners because that's where they're forcing you. And they okay, can't. But what it. if you can't? <laughs> then, yeah, because then you built a shitty team. When the play got to the corners, when the play got to the corners, it was a guy like Seth Jones who just ran in there and just bodied whoever was there. And, and Zacharensky did it all night too. And they're not going to win those battles because they can't outmuscle these guys because those guys work harder. So there was a puck talks. There was a puck talks years ago. And Elliot Friedman was talking about it. And someone asked him a question about like analytics versus the eye test. And he's like, okay, well, and he talked about the numbers for a little bit, but he goes, there's something about, there's something about uh, someone who's just been in those situations before calling their shot. And then you watch them be right. And it was a Penguins Ranger series years ago. I don't remember who won. I want to say it was one of the teams was down three, one. I don't remember what it was, but supposedly Adam Oates, when he was an analyst, he was behind the scenes and he said, whatever team was, I think it was the penguins were down three, one in the series. Okay. He goes, he goes, the penguins are no, it was the Rangers were down. Don't get too caught up in the details. Doesn't matter. I'm sorry. Three to one. And Adam Oates said what? What and was he, the and, weather and, like? And he goes, the team, that is down, was the team that is down three to one is going to win this series because the puck kept going down, that they kept chipping it in, and they, every time, hammer the defense, hammer the defense, hammer the defense. And you could weather that storm in game one and in game two and in game three and in game five, it starts getting shitty. Dicks, mm. it start, And the Leafs don't do any of that. No. Why not clog up the middle and force the Leafs into the corner? You know you're going to be able to go in there with a carton of eggs and come out without a single one cracked. Kyle Clifford played less than four minutes. Like, what's he in there for? What's he, is that not rule? Is that rule not made for him? Mm-hmm. Be all right. This is the game you want to play? Here's a little Kyle Clifford for you. Here's a little Kyle Clifford for you. Here's a little Frederick. I'm just joking. Here's a little yeah. Kyle Clifford for you because there's only one guy in the team that'll do that. That's not, that's not true. Zach Hyman. What? Zach Hyman will do that. Kesperi Kapanen will do that. McKayev Alexander Kerfoot will do that. McKayev will do it. McKayev yeah. can do it. Actually, I was surprised to see him be, he was kind of angry. Yeah. Well, okay, he was it. the only guy on the line that was, that I, I thought was noticeable. You got to Like, I know the Leafs want to hold onto the puck. It's starting to get on my nerves how often I'm seeing Kyle Dubas in front of a microphone saying exactly what the Leafs want to do. Oh, we want to hold on to the puck. We want to hold on to the puck. That seemed exactly like the sort of game where they should have gave it up a little bit and hammered them. And is that not the game to do it in? Game one. First game. You want to play the Leafs, do you? Ah, ah, ah. Nothing. None of that. So what what are they going to do? What are they just hope that they hope that they what you can't even the worst part about that game one performance is you can't even look at it and go next time our shots are going to go in what shots Mm -hmm. 
what shots other than blue line muffins? Well, they might and say Justin Hall flying down off the wing and shooting it from this angle. And the excuse that Austin Matthews doesn't play enough is just thrown out the window. Babcock's not here. Sheldon Keith ran him out there. I think had the second most minutes of any forward. So yeah. it's like that's not an excuse anymore. They're getting the guys on the ice that they want on there, and it didn't work. They had two scoring chances, Nick Robertson early and Austin Matthews getting robbed by Corpus Allo. Yeah, that was and, a hell of a save, man. Wow. Yeah. And there was a chance on the power play where if Austin Matthews gets the puck, it's going in. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, John Tavares intercepted it. But, like, that's going to happen. Uh, so oh, if all three of those go in, they get three. You know what I mean? And, yeah, okay, maybe you win the game. But – we can't confidently say that as Leaf fans because we know that completely changes the structure of the game if the Leafs are playing with the lead, which is a thing they don't know how to do. Well, and, and also... So I don't know what I'm supposed to expect, boys. Scoring chances. <laughs> like, you know, there's a difference between shots and scoring chances, right? Yeah. Yes. And I know all not all scoring chances are created equal. But if that's all you get is those three, you shouldn't expect to score. You need to have like 10. And, it was and four, that's the way it goes, right? Like you, you're like batting chances. 30, you're batting 300 basically on scoring chances in a regular hockey game. You need to have the goalie, you know, uh, the goalie's going to rob a couple. You're going to miss a couple. There's going to be a couple bad passes and then two or three are going to go in. You can't have three. Corpusalo only missed the all-star game because he was hurt. Well, he's sure. a good goalie. There's no question. No, no, that's, I mean, that's clear. I don't think anybody's disputing that. He's a great goalie, but they didn't give him much to work with like it was no. like sort of like he just sort of got you know he did have an incredible glove save great toe save on on robertson as well but like i missed that's one a normal nhl game for a normal nhl goalie i missed one Kapanen passing it on the breakaway oh oh yeah because <laughs> he thought he was gonna get caught i'm like you're Kapanen. Yeah. what did what did he hear did, did he hear last podcast were we too nice for crying out loud jesse were you gonna say something there I was going to say it was four uh, rush chances and 11 shots in the slot. That's all they generated last night. It's not enough. That's, that's, that's not good. That's not going to win you an NHL game. That's almost as bad as the coffee I'm drinking, which is the coffee I made. Um, Why is it bad? Why is it bad? Because oh, I, okay. Did you put so too I much water? Hate, I hate dark coffee, like dark roast. Always get medium. And, really? Well, I know. And then I, um, my parents were being nice and they dropped off a dark roast tin. That's like a big dark roast tin. And I didn't want to say anything. And then, and now I feel like I got to finish it because I don't want to waste it. So I'm, I'm almost through it, but it has oh. been two months of hell. It's dark roast, roast. Is, uh, but it's a- not even good dark roast, right? It's the cheap shit. So it's like, you know, it's, I don't know not- what, when this dark roast fad, because I drink coffee for the caffeine. Can you tell? And dark roast is light caffeine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and heavy on the taste like the bottom of a boot. I don't understand. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it with the dark roast. I don't get it at all. So I'm going back to my blonde roast, and I want to be fired up. Yeah, uh, dark roast anyway. tastes like liquefied beets. <laughs> Try dark roast. Honestly, do you want boil a shoe, and that's what dark roast tastes like. Honestly, mm. dark roast is good when you're uh, if you're a coffee mixer. Like if you do like three milks four sugars then you do the dark roast so you get the actual taste of the coffee oh, like in all of your milkness <laughs> no that's me in university uh, yeah um like three so, double doubles a day why am i fat <laughs> um well listen i mean it was it was a boring game 
And I hate to say that I called it, but I called it the Leafs did not score. And I did call that last episode and a bunch of people were mad at me for it. And they're like, you jinxed it. I'm like, actually, no, I didn't jinx it. This time I called it and I was right. And that's rare. And shit. <laughs> Why? <did laughs> anyway, guys, I'm very excited because we get to bring on our new partner on the show. Now we have uh, we have had several partners in the years past, but this one we're particularly excited about. Hmm. Jesse, yes, could you introduce Tony to the show, please? <laughs> I can't. Who's that? Celebrate with Frosted Flakes. Oh, is Guys? that is that our new partner, Tony the Tiger? Adam? <laughs> That's that is correct. We want to welcome Frosted Flakes to the show. Uh, we're going to be talking about Sellies that we love. <laughs> I can't believe it's Tony the Tiger. Oh my god! Uh, but this is this what's is so be- strange about our personal friend Tony the Tiger? <laughs> I know <laughs> joining the Steve Dangle podcast. We've talked about it for years with Tony when we've been out for for um, mm-hmm. for milk with Tony. Uh, we go out and we crush pints of milk. Um, <laughs> But you know, the thing is, uh, we never actually got to put it together. And so we're so happy to bring Frosted Flakes, Tony the Tiger on board. And what we're gonna be doing every Sunday, Monday episode. So the first episode of every week, we're gonna be talking about our favorite Selly from the last week. So this is the last couple of days in this case, cause hockey just came back. But also we're gonna, we're gonna dive back into the annals. And Steve, every second show of the week, is going to bring you his favorite Selly from a different era of hockey. So this a is different what? Be- I'm sorry, it's a different era, era. <laughs> of hockey. And uh, so we're really excited to bring them on. Please welcome uh, Tony the Tiger and Frosted Flakes to the show. Please feel free to tweet at them. Uh, we're so excited to have them here. Now, t- Steve, um, let's start with what we know is going to be the celebration last night. This is a former Leaf. Who is who had a bad <sighs> reputation with the Leafs in the playoffs? Oh, broke our hearts because we loved we loved this man. This oh. man was our man. He oh. was our man. He I was born and raised just south of here, mm. London Knight, mm. eighth overall pick if I'm not incorrect. Ninth, ninth overall pick. I'm definitely no. correct. Seventh. Okay, sorry. <laughs> He's somewhere. <laughs> He's within within a range of that. <laughs> Top ten. Yeah. Top ten. That's right. And he was Celebrate the third line setter for the Frosted Toronto Maple Leafs last year. Oh, sorry. What was that? Go ahead, Jesse. Like Celebrate that? with Frosted Flakes. <laughs> that's a great point, Tony. <laughs> Thank that's you, a, Tony. You know, that's a great point. <laughs> so uh, last night's celebration of the night, the celly of the night, Nazem Kadri of the Colorado Avalanche, which makes me sad. And an and assist to uh, Nathan McKinnon. Did you see him skipping? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was skipping amazing. because he was just so gosh darn. Oh, they're gonna win the cup. You so know let's that, right? break down this. Let's break this down because this is important. Okay, so it is the Colorado Avalanche who had a pretty good start to last year's playoffs, but kind of fizzled out. Mm-hmm. Um, they made the Flames look silly, but then could not get uh, get over the head uh, the the next round. Um, they're in tough against the defending Stanley Cup champions, who are mostly intact. Like there's been no. Major subtractions from the St. Louis Blues. Jordan Bennington is still Jordan Bennington. You've still got Petrangelo. You've still got uh, three pretty tough centers that you're going to face. And Carl Gunnarsson. Let's not forget about him. Who is and they still were a top five, top five team hockey. without Tarasenko almost all year. Right, right. This is a tough, tough, complete team. St. Louis, another one of those complete teams. Now, they will have 
probably some major subtractions. This is the last run, I think, of this iteration of the St. Louis Blues. You're going to have at least one big name leave in the offseason, right? Petrangelo's contract's up. If you want to keep him, you're going to have to move someone else. If you don't want to keep him, he's going to move. That's a major thing. So this is big for them. And the Colorado Avalanche have a guy named Nazem Kadri. Just a guy. There's who's not suspended. Seconds. What's that, Jess? Who's not suspended. Who's not suspended. There are mere yeah. seconds on the clock, guys. Mm. Puck hits off of Jordan Bennington. Now, usually, what do we like to talk about with goalies? Something they always bring up. Oh, <laughs> goalies. Um... <laughs> when you shoot the puck at the goalie, what do you want the goalie to do? You want them to control the... Rebound. Correct. Mm. Jordan Bennington did not do the greatest rebound control. In fact, the rebound went out the other side and directly onto Nazem's stick. Obviously, it goes in the net with a tenth of a second to go. And they had to they had to check this. They did the replay check and everything. Boom. Goal. I love the desperation that uh, hockey fans have for their team to win because – Producer Drew tweeted something that was technically true, but it's still one of the craziest things I've ever heard a fan argue. He goes, there is time between 0.1 seconds and 0.0 seconds. <laughs> and the devil of it, he's, he's right. He's right. He's right. Kind of. It is a measurement of a block of time. Yes. The devil of it. And whatever that time is, that's when Nazem Kadri scored this goal. Mm-hmm. Listen. And it was pure joy, pure elation. You could see, even through his mouth guard, someone on his team clearly went, did you get it? And he goes, I did. <laughs> I think I did. And Nathan McKinnon just skipping down. Oh, are they having fun or what? Oh, I think they're having a good time. And Nathan McKinnon was probably like, it didn't have to be me. <laughs> yeah. You know? Wow. Another guy. <laughs> That's <Some> wild. <laughs> I had forgotten. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's a uh, so it was an amazing one. And that is our first our first ever Sally of the week. Now, feel free to send it to us. You can tag Steve, myself and Jesse, your favorite Sally's as they happen over the course of this week. We're going to do it again next Sunday when we have our next show. Well, not in our next show. It's two shows from now. But so pay attention this week. Send us your Sally's of the week. Send them in gift form if you can or, or just the highlight itself. Um, and make sure you take Frosted Flakes in that as well. And we would like to thank once again, Tony, for joining the team. Steve's great. The feeling is mutual, personal friend Tony the Tiger. The feeling is mutual. Steve's Thanks, great. Tony. That's, oh, you're great. No, you're great. <laughs> Love you, Tony. Calgary and Winnipeg. Lots been made of the game, but very little of the actual game. One event. And Calgary and Winnipeg are playing right now, by the way. Winnipeg is up one nothing as of this recording. Mm-hmm. But the Kachuk-Shifley hit. Everybody is asking, was it dirty? Was it planned? Guys, want to get your thoughts. Uh, one Brad, a.k.a. Chunky, who is a member of the Dangled Navy and noted Jets fan, uh, he said... He had a very level-headed take on it, considering he's a Jets fan. Um, And he basically said, it's not dirty per se, but Matthew Kachuk is exactly the type of player to try to get every piece of a hit. So while he may not have intentionally... Now, this is me extrapolating. He may not have intentionally tried to injure Mark Shifley, 
but he did try to get a piece of him. It's like sometimes when you see a guy stick out the elbow or stick out the knee. I don't just trying to catch him. You're just trying to catch him. Just trying to catch him. You're trying to get a a piece of him. And Matthew Kachuk wants to get every piece of him. Now, him and Mark Shifley are supposedly friends. They're supposedly training partners. With Gary Uh, Roberts? With Yeah. But let's, by the way... That, that doesn't exonerate you, and it doesn't mean in the heat of the moment you're not going to try to lay a hit. I remember, do you guys remember years ago, I want to say it was James Wisniewski hit Brent Seabrook in the corner. Seabrook was all kinds of messed up, and one was supposed to be in the other's wedding party, like that oh. upcoming summer. And there were hurt feelings. There were hurt feelings. I can't remember who was who, but they were like, you know what? I got to reconsider. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. There were hurt feelings. Oh, I don't remember that. Wow. There were hurt feelings. So uh, and I haven't seen uh, Mark Shifley say anything. No, he me? hasn't. He has apparently been spotted in a boot. And I doubt. And that's not Canadian for about. It's actually he was in a boot. Right. Um, but I am. Uh, I'm curious. Um, I'm curious about whether or not there's any sort of retribution for this. What is the best retribution? Because sometimes, I mean, I know Blake Wheeler fought and then, yeah. he, and that's a fight you want to win and he didn't. But um, uh, is, is the best revenge in this success? Well, obviously. Or, yeah, do, you, think, or do you go after him the rest of the series? And no. Winning the series is the ultimate uh, winning the fight, right? But mm-hmm. I think the most interesting part of this is how upset Paul Maurice is. Like he's, he's been very livid upset. in press conferences about this. And like he said, you can see that it's dirty on the blue line camera, which no one has access to. So it's kind of plausible deniability. You know, it's just you can't prove whether he's right or wrong because we we can't see it. So he keeps saying it's really dirty. But Why I, don't, I don't we, by the way? Why don't we have access to that? I don't know. Does it matter? It's a, it's a league cam, right? Okay. Only they have it. So. I don't know if that leads to his players being calmer because he's taking the brunt of the heat for all of this. Like he's standing up in public so that they don't have to do it on the ice, which is kind of like the Tortorella tactic of doing things with the media for your team. So I think there won't be anything really on the ice and they'll kind of focus on just playing hockey because he's been so mad about it openly. Well, and it forces it forced Jeff Ward to address it, Mm -hmm. which he very obviously didn't want to. And it's never poor Matthew Kachuk. How, are, are you going to feel better if your coach sticks up for you, but he has to, at the beginning of it, go, I feel the need to stick up for my player. That's not like a impassioned endorsement of your guy that's going, listen, I got to do this. So here it is. I think it's because he thinks it's my guy. I think it's because he thinks the whole event is stupid. Performative yeah, to use phrasing. a word from last show, right? Ooh. Well, you know, well, you know, uh, you know I, I do think there's a bit of performance art going on with Paul Maurice here. Yes. Um, I think Paul Maurice is just pissed that he's lost Mark Shifley, which is completely understandable. I have a hard time believing that he, Kachuk is is trying to take Mark Shifley out of the series that way. If if you know, like if this was Matt Cook, I'd be like, yep, for sure. Suspend him, get him out of the game. I get it. You and I talked about this on the phone. Like how many true nut jobs who are trying to hurt you are in the nhl anymore not Any, many even right back now. in the day well back in the day there yeah no there were definitely more but even like i don't know when we started the show let's say 2013 
And you asked me, you're like, do you think Brad Marchand is one of those guys? No, I don't. No, no, I don't. I really don't pest. like him. He's a pest. He's a rat. He's not a nut. He's not a total nut. No one's trying to step on your Achilles. Unless That's you're Matt Cook. <laughs> well, uh, Adam, I have we a have video proof. Can, yeah, I have a hockey team you can work for. <laughs> well, allegedly, and also the video. It, it listen. Nobody really thinks. I, I mean, I can't see how anybody would think that 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 was that would be intentional. But I do agree. Like the guy plays with an edge, and it was funny to hear Brian Burke talk about it because every time the flame. Adam's gone. He's talking about the fact that oh. um, he's yeah, like, Adam, we, we lost you for like, oh, do we lose me? Oh, am I here now? Seconds. You're yeah, back. you're here now. Okay. So did you get the Brian Burke part? Did I say no. that? Okay. No. So I found it. I was watching Brian Burke last night and you know, with Brian Burke, when he talks about the Leafs, he's going to be upset. The Canucks, he's going to talk about the Sedins and Calgary is going to talk about the great young players that they have who put those, who put that team together. <laughs> me. Um, and I love Brian. And I say that I tweeted about that last night, right? Brian's got, I, I think he's one of the best entertaining faces we have in hockey. Thank God for Brian Burke. So he was talking about last night that he thought Paul Maurice was way out, way out of line, which is a, a, a tact that you could probably, that's plausible. I can understand why he's taking that. And I think he's probably right. Um, but he also then goes on to say, you know, Kachuk is not that type of guy he just crosses the line and thank God we have guys that cross the line. Mm-hmm. And so it was sort of like, no, he would never do anything wrong except for when he does. And thank God for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why and- I love having a podcast. Like, can you imagine me with someone going, Steve, you have 10 seconds, get your concise point across. <laughs> he said three different things in that sentence. Yes. Yes. All yes. of which deserved explanation. And there was time for none of it. Well, in the live TV I- is really hard. I yeah. want them to have, why do they not? I, and I, it's a bad example, but one of the things that made Don Cherry and Ron McLean magic for years was that Don, Ron used to cha- challenge Don and go, Don, that doesn't make any sense or you just contradicted yourself or that's complete and utter nonsense. And people really liked that. Yeah, you can't. Why that, is it's no not one a bad on example, TV? Adam. I would love, I would love to see Brian Burke go toe-to-toe with anybody and just have like a... Like, it's like what Shaq and, and uh, Charles Barkley do. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's – because Brian, he's a fun guy. He's willing to listen to other people. But he's also got his opinions. And I was surprised that nobody said, oh, Brian, you said a couple of different things. Or do you want to clarify that? And I know that timing's an issue. But give, give Burke more, more FaceTime and let somebody go, hey, Brian, I uh, just want to check in with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, most I, of these – most of the Canadian studio shows are set up so that there isn't time to talk. You know, in most of these pregame and postgame and in between game, it's just we have a certain thing. The producer moving on to the next topic within this this amount of seconds, really. Right. And there's no room to just discuss. And I want some the, debate. The magic of the TNT show um, is that they let them go off wherever they want. They treat it as if it's just an open segment here, a podcast. Yeah, and it's just hey, yeah. Ernie's gonna say something, and if you guys want to riff on it, we have a little, we have a couple minutes here where you can. Give Shaq a little ribbing. Charles will say something stupid, and everybody will, will criticize him for it. And that's that's what makes it so much fun. And most studio shows aren't set up like that. They're set up so yeah. you get your point in ten seconds, and you're out. Char- Charles Barkley will make a joke, and Shaq will ask him to repeat it. 
God, I love. I, I watched two things all summer: it was Red Dead Redemption videos and NBA on TNT. Shaq and Charles oh, Barkley. It's I love it. I love it. I love it. So it's good. So funny. They are magic. They're magic. Like they are. There. That's a special. If you want to see great sports, sports programming. Like obviously. You know, we, we, we riff on Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith and Skip and Shannon. Th- those are very good shows. But there's a joy that comes from watching Shaq it. and Charles Barkley. It's joy. There's a, they debate and, each other. They burn each other. They, they piss each other off. But they're also like there's a camaraderie there. It's a great, great show. And they make, they make fun of boring games. They, they yes. don't try to play them up. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> Charles Barkley, last time I went to New York, I left uh, – I left two Knicks tickets at the front desk. And when I came back, there were four. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Love him. Uh, uh, my favorite, no one, no my, one wants to watch them. One of my favorite really moments good. was him trying to pronounce Jonas Valanciunas years ago. It was so oh. Jonas uh, Valanciunas. <laughs> it was he perfect. forgot. They did a segment on him forgetting how many times he's been arrested. <laughs> It was so great. Uh, Chuck, how many times have you been arrested? Uh, four, I think four. And, and he had the answer. It's six, Chuck. You've been arrested six times. <laughs> That's funny. Jesus. Very man. funny. Very, very funny. So anyway, you know, uh, you know, you can understand why Brian Burke would take take that tag. I don't think, I think, you know, it's fair to say Kachuk crosses the line. He is a cross the line player and he is an X factor in this series. And that's what Steve and I, we were talking yesterday about that game off the air. You know, one of the things that's abundantly clear already is that he's an X factor. That play, intentional or not, and I don't believe it was intentional. I think most, you know, if you're rationally minded about it, you don't believe that he's going to go, you know, knives out at a guy. Um, he's an X factor. He's already made a dent, and they've already won because of it. Let's be honest. The, the, the Winnipeg Jets looked deflated after that happened, and who wouldn't be? Yeah. And then you have Patrick Laine, who is hit by, I believe, Mark Giordano, and then there's some slashing and whatever. And then he goes off with a hand injury, which is not good if your whole thing is shooting. Now, I, don't, I don't know if he's playing today, but he left and, and was like, his hand is sore. Now everybody gets sore in the playoffs, but it's the first game. Tough one for Winnipeg. And as of right now, it looks like they are still up. So it looks like it's a much, much better game. Uh, they're out shooting. Well, no, Calgary's actually out shooting them. So it's about, it's 9-10, the shots. Uh, and the first period is just ending. So, could be a completely different game by the end of it, but that's where they're at. Let's move on to uh, Edmonton and Chicago, which is a surprising, surprising Chicago outburst. In one period, they scored as many goals as I predicted they'd score all series. But I got to be honest with you. Kubalik. I was making, I know, we'll get Kubelik. to him. I was making that prediction based on the fact that I thought Edmonton would make an intelligent choice with their goaltender. Dude. Wh- they decided is, to go. What is Mike. so hard? What is I, so hard about playing your best goalie? I don't, I don't understand What's it. And so I think hard? it's part of it was, I think that they thought, and Dave Tippett probably looked at this and said, Mike Smith was dynamite for Calgary in the playoffs last year, despite the outcome. So what? Right. I, Steve, I 100% agree <laughs> with you, but Mike Smith is either an 880 goalie or a 945 goalie. There's no in between. Zero in between. It's been like that his entire career. I mean, when he took, when the Coyotes rode him to the Western Conference final in like 2013, it's pretty special. That's when he was on one of those heaters. And he obviously, if the Flames could have scored some goals last year against Colorado, would have had uh, probably a pretty good playoff. But the fact I was, I'm basing my prediction off of 
you starting the correct goaltender, which is clearly Miko Koskinen. How, how does Mike Smith even draw in for the rest of the series? There's no way, right? Until Koskinen has his first bad game, and then they go, well, there's Mike Smith, who's always been good in the playoffs, even though he hasn't done it since last – well, okay, there was last year. Last year was the first time since 2012. And what does that tell you? He's been a starter pretty much everywhere. I don't know. It's right. No, it's John Chase right? and how he built the Coyotes or something. Right, yeah. I don't, something I don't know, like man. I don't know. I, uh, uh, You know who has two Stanley Cups and should also not be starting right now is uh, Matt Murray. Is Tristan Jari hurt? Did I no, miss we're something? No, th- we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about Edmonton right now. Well, damn it. Also- what is the – okay, okay. So what? So I kidding, talked I'm about – no, no, you're right. Yeah, I talked about I talked about skill. Yeah. Versus structure. Yes. Oilers have two guys for sure who we know have unbeatable joker in a game of president skill. Yes. Unbeatable. But I think what really helped them this year, uh, besides a little bit of depth, you know, Ethan Bear coming up and Kaylor Yamamoto and stuff like that, uh, they started to play better as a team. And part of that is obviously skill throughout your lineup in depth and everything but they played much better structurally and they got a few saves and those saves might have been because of that boy uh did they miss the structure it wasn't there and one thing i don't know if we gave the chicago blackhawks enough credit for is they've been together for a very long time Mm -hmm. and they've done this before they didn't even need a training camp i think they could have looked the exact same you know what I mean? I also thought they were going to stink because I was under the impression Corey Crawford wasn't going to play. So that they're not. Listen, that was a weird little wrinkle. Let's let's be honest, though. Like McDavid scores that first goal. You're instantly thinking, oh, see, here we go. Here we go. Because yeah, we thought it was we thought it was over at that cause, point because the Blackhawks are not a good team. They're not. They're not, they're not, not. great. And, no. if, and if you're and if anybody wants to disagree, if 24th best in the league is good enough for you, then your standards in Chicago have fallen dramatically since 2016, right? If, if if 24th is good for you, if you think that's good, it's not. But if you think it is good, then your standards have fallen dramatically. This is not a good hockey team. Kubalik's good. Tay's had a great game. You've always got Patrick Kane. Duncan Keith looks like he's healthy and good. Making and a rested. comeback? Yeah, sure. For sure. Don't tell me that this isn't still Edmonton series to win, which I believe it is. I just, I am absolutely perplexed, blown away that Mike Smith saw ice in this series at all. And, and the fact that you saw the goal, the first, was it Sportsnet? I think tweeted it at you, Steve, where it's like, is this the first dang it of the season with Mike Smith handling the puck? The amazing puck handler, practically Marty Brodeur, Marty Turco, Mike Smith. Stay in your net. Stay in your net. Did he get pulled? I don't remember. Can't even remember. But I think he did. That, I think after he did. the first period, should have been gone. Should have been gone. Hundred percent been gone. Might so, have even won the game. Yeah, yeah. Might so, have even you know, come back and won the game. There's not much Connor McDavid's non-charismatic personality can do about that. Really. <laughs> and I think I think we need to acknowledge the fact that I still I still full hard fully believe in Edmonton in this series. I think they're they're a team that should absolutely win, should win this series. They should. Win. Miko Koskinen's got to be in net. They should win. Yes. No, I, if Koskinen's in net, listen, it's not mind blowing to me that Chicago won a game. It's mind blowing to me that they kicked Edmonton's ass. Yeah. And Mike Smith is the most confusing. He's, 
if you, if you had to explain hockey to someone who had never seen it before an alien life form, he'd be amongst the hardest players in the league to explain Mike Smith. Mm-hmm. Is this player good? It's a loaded question there, uh, Mr. Alien. It's a, is he good? Well, what day is it? <laughs> Did it rain? Like, there's yeah. there's no way of predicting uh, Mike Smith going on a heater or becoming a bum. But like you said, Adam, he's uh, he's 920 and up or 890 and down. Yeah. He is such a weird goalie. Weird yeah. goalie. There's no um, 905 Mike Smith. Um, I was at Ikea with Jesse during that game. Um, huh. and, uh, I looked at Jesse and I thought that I thought that the app had the wrong score. I was like, there's no <laughs> like this. Cause after the first period, it was like three to one. I'm like, no. <laughs> and I showed Jesse. He was like, Ooh, and, uh, and Jesse's girlfriend, uh, Gabby was like, Oh, that's great. I love hockey so much. And we're like, okay. <laughs> Sorry, she was, <laughs> she was making fun of us. He was, he was. Cause we don't stop. Hey Adam, you, you want to be mad? Sure. What I just found out. So, what? you know how Dominic Kubalik is nominated for the Calder? Sure. And you know how you're mad about it because he's 24? I'm not mad. Jesse's mad. I, I don't care. Be, I think it's fine. That oh, would be Jesse, who is a little upset. So, you know how 24 is the oldest you can be? Mm-hmm. So, if he were to win it, which he won't, but if he were to win it, his birthday is August 21st. So, <laughs> if he wins it, he'll be 25 when he wins it. Nice. So, he could be past the age that he's eligible to win the Calder and win the Calder. Yes. That's stupid. I mean, he's not <laughs> going to. Also, I'm getting angry at every pro scout in the world right now because this dude was a seventh round pick of the Kings in 2013, played one, two, three, four years in the Czech League, two years in the Swiss League. What? How did this guy slip through the cracks? I know. 30 goals in 68 games. I know. I will never forget Kubelik's name again. (laughs) Respect where it is due. Amazing. He tore the Leafs up uh, in one of the games, and I was just like, oh, well, you know, rookie had a great game. And then I kept hearing his name. Kubelik scored. Kubelik scored. Kubelik. And I looked at his numbers. I went, who who is this? They got Panarin again? Go away. The Blackhawks, man, stop! Go oh, away. They'll trade him for uh, Brandon Sod in a couple of years. Don't worry. Oh, I can't yeah. wait. Who I think scored, by the way. Oh yeah. I still feel bad. I always go at Brandon Sod. I should really go at Stan Bowman. It's not Brandon Sod's fault. <laughs> Brandon bad Sod's trade, like, Adam. He's just a good guy with a with a just not the guy that you trade for Panarin. The Twitter mentions did not let us have an easy Saturday and Sunday. Because our picks were very wrong, and so the people let us know. Listen. Ooh, Adam, seven <laughs> minutes ago. Uh, mine were pretty good, so um, I just want to say I actually did pretty good. What? What happened seven uh, minutes ago? Uh, reporter Chris, the only change in the Leafs practice lines today is Pierre Engvall between Kyle Clifford and Jason Spezza. Between. So mm-hmm. he's centering uh, that line. Goat, out. Good, because he. Uh, no offense. Goat seems like a great guy. Good personality to have. He didn't do he's, anything. He's a good person. He doesn't do anything. He but doesn't do big. anything. Frederick Gautier is six three or six four, which matters to some people. No, sure he's does. six four every time he falls down. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, then he's not six four anymore. Oh yeah, you're right. Then he's like four eight or something. 
And he's I don't know how adorable, long his legs are. Adorable puppy character guy. Love it. But not like, what do you do here? He can play on my team. You just got to do stuff. Yeah, 100%. He's, his skating's much, much better than it used to be. I'm not calling his character into question. Just what's the role? What are you here for? Uh, let's move into the next one. Uh, Montreal, big win against the Pens. Uh, and they are playing again a little bit later today. So when uh, when you hear this, it might be a little bit out of date. But I thought the funniest thing from this game uh, was the fact that was, we were talking about Jonathan Drouin last show and how he can be completely invisible yeah. or he can be an absolute all-star. And, Oops. you know, the Leafs, we're Leaf fans. We know all about that. And that penalty shot in overtime. Ooh where he oh. lost control that like, I just, I sat back and I like, I laughed, but I, I hurt for him. Do you know what I'm saying? It's well, sort of like, Oh, oh. I, I, I mean, unless you genuinely don't like the guy when Brad Marchand duffed that shootout thing against Great. Philly, that Love was it. very funny. Love it. Jonathan drew like, I don't hate him. He's not, oh, he's a nice guy. Cool he's, flow. Yeah. Yeah. But how about how do you feel if you're Pittsburgh though? Because obviously, you put Matt Murray in net for game two, so you've convinced yourself that's not the problem. Mm-hmm. Philip Deneau, we talked about as an X factor. He had three penalties, so mm-hmm. you weren't beaten by him. You have Crosby and Malkin. You're going up against a rookie and Nick Suzuki. He scores one of the goals. How are you feeling? If you're the Pittsburgh Penguins, you get that mm-hmm. chill up your spine, the Carey Price chill up your spine. Well, and you mentioned it earlier, Matt Murray. Now, this game went into overtime. Jeff Petrie with the winner. It's not like Jeff, he had a Petrie, bad... Jeff Petrie all of a sudden has the best shot in hockey. I know. So, <laughs> that's a thing. Shea Weber's there, but oh, here comes Jeff Petrie with his big <laughs> shot. Uh, but what, the uh, I... I gotta ask, like, <laughs> what? Oh, you're so <laughs> Man, Oilers fans must just chafe. I remember that trading oh. Jeff for a second and a fifth because ah, he's not really in the long-term plans, and he has been so great mm. ever since. Mm-mm. Solid, solid, solid on a very an organization that, frankly, has been up and down. Um, when you look at uh, Matt Murray's play, which wasn't bad, no, does it inspire confidence? More I mean, than Tristan Jari. Carey Price should be able to outplay your goalie if you're the Pittsburgh Penguins and you still win. And they didn't. They didn't. They're one of the – they're a little bit like the Bruins in that they should be scarier than they are, and you watch them play, and you're like, so what's what's going on there? Now, is that the hockey gods paying the pens back for not knowing who the Montreal Canadiens' top line was? <laughs> it Which could was a be a good piece of audio, by the way. As a, I bet they listened to it several times. But they I have a question for the two of you. Hmm? Okay, I have a question. So, mm-hmm. what do you make of the Pittsburgh Penguins being zero seven in their last seven playoff games? What? No, sorry. Yeah. What? They lost to Montreal. Uh huh. They yeah. got swept. Uh, their previous playoffs. Oh, for, oh by uh, the Islanders. By the right. Islanders. And then they lost. That would be how many? That's five games. And they lost the previous two, the playoffs before. To Washington. To Washington. So they're 0-7 in their last seven playoff games. Do you guys take anything away from that stat? Might be time to do something different. Well, that's all the Penguins do is fidget mm-hmm. with their lineup. Well, what were they getting before that, Jesse? They were getting unbelievable 
like rookie of the year con Smythe goaltending. Yeah. I'd love to know. Uh, I'd love to know how much they got lit up in those games. Ugh. And Matt Murray that hasn't a, been. That is a hell of a stat. Since that Washington series, Matt Murray's been very, very good, but he hasn't been what he was when they were on those, those, you know, back to He was astounding. Yeah. He was, he, was he looked like he was going to be like a perennial all-star. Yes. Like for the next two I, decades. He could still be. I just think that there's there for whatever reason, the play hasn't been to that level. His age now is when most goalies make it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when they just start to break in and that guy's got two cups yeah. and there are a few years in the, in the rear view. So he's very interesting guy. I, I'd like to see the pens just go to Jari full time and cut ties there, which who knows if they go down Oh two, that's probably the plan. Uh, because I think he could have a great start somewhere else. Yeah. I, and I think, yeah, I mean, I, we were talking about that. I, Tristan Jari is a lot cheaper to keep than Matt Murray is yeah, and everybody's going to have cap problems. Uh, and there are going to be plenty of teams that want a piece of Matt Murray. And uh, the Penguins probably could get good value back for him. So uh, that's a, I mean, that to me is a sort of a no brainer, but do you have confidence in Tristan Jari? And I think right now would be the time to find out uh, because you don't want to go into next year. Do you with not knowing if Tristan Jari is the guy and only having Tristan Jari? Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I mean, he didn't. Matt Murray didn't play himself out of the net last night, too. So that's a bit of a that's going to be tough for Pittsburgh. We'll see what they do. Moving on to the Canes and Rangers, and I would like to thank Carolina for doing exactly what they should have done, which is dominate the Rangers. And they've now, I believe, they're up now two nothing in the series. They sure uh, are, Adam Wild. Jacob Slavin uh, oh. scoring like right off the bat because he should have been the Norris Trophy winner this year. Fight me on that. Just like Connor Hellebuck should have been the MVP this year. Fight me on that too. Um, uh, that is, I mean, to me, Carolina has, they've been building these pieces for years and years and years. And if you go back to our prediction shows all the way through, we're all like, well, Carolina, you know, they got more pieces. And every year they add something. And this year it was Vinny Trocek, which I forgot about at the trade deadline. Uh, you know, they've still got like, they've got like Jake Gardner was the second best leaf defenseman for years. He's like, I think five or six in Carolina. Yeah. Yep. He's not, you know what I mean? He's hey, like a non-mentionable. Six. six is a little disrespectful. Oh, I know. It's, it's, he hasn't <laughs> had the greatest year. But also, like, they have – it speaks to the depth they have, right? We they are a complete team. We did not – we – with the Blue Jackets, we kept going, oh, and they're getting healthy because of all this time off. And we completely overlooked how the Hurricanes bought, like, mad at the deadline – to compensate for the fact that they were injured. And then they get those guys back and they have their playoff additions. Oh, oh, that's a, that's a roster, man. It's a roster. I, if momentum was still a thing, the Rangers would look better in this series. I was still using my March brain going, ah, they might ride a little bit of that. What? A little bit of that. What? It's August. It's gone. And the hurricanes are legit. They sure I, are. I answered my own question. Steve, who do you think could win the series? Well, I think the Rangers could win it, but they're not going to do much. But if Carolina wins it, they could go all the way. That yeah. means Carolina, Steve. Why'd you say the Rangers? <laughs> so uh, Carolina did win four to one today. Oof. Just throwing that out there. They're up two one. Very good. Or two nothing. Very good hockey team. Very, very good hockey team. They're going to be fun to watch. Um, 
Uh, also, I want to throw this out there. Uh, what do you why mean? is I'm no, I'm trying to figure just with the Rangers for a second. The Rangers have three goalies. We mentioned that, right? So Georgiev, the other guy, and, and Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah. Forget the other guy's name. Just Jorkin. That's it. All guys that conceivably could be starters on certain teams. Maybe even Carolina. Because if you were to say there was a weakness in Carolina's... Oh, can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you were to say there was a weakness in Carolina's lineup, you could say, as Jesse pointed out, Peter Morazic? Go fart That's in your hat. That's your goalie? Fart in your hat. Right. Why Morazic. is... And unless this is the... This, this might just be the Rangers tipping the cap to Henrik Lundqvist. He's not... Of those three, is he the best goalie? That's another questionable choice. He's now started two games in a row. And I'm part of me is wondering if it's like, okay, start him because he's got one year left. He's If we make the playoffs next year, he's not starting. And it's a play-in round, and this season's just – it's just fun money anyway. <laughs> like, I don't – he's he hasn't been good. Guys, what was the score of, the, of game one? Do you remember? Uh – no. Okay. Three one. Okay. So if, if it was three to one, Henrik Lundqvist has let in seven goals in two games. Yeah, but it's the tale as told as old as time with Henrik Lundqvist uh, not getting enough help. So so far, okay. In the one game, Adam he posted a nine nineteen mm -hmm. in his last playoffs in two thousand seventeen. Granted, mm -hmm. it was two thousand seventeen. He was a nine twenty seven. Mm -hmm. He had a bad year in 2016 uh, with an 867. Good Lord. But then before that, 928, 927, 934, 931, 917. Even, listen, you play your best goalie. That's the end of it. However, I was, I think it was pretty telling how many Bru uh, Bruins fans, how many Rangers fans saw that Sistjorkin was rumored to be the game one starter. And even they were like, Henrik loses it just like that, eh? Really? After all that? Listen, let's not confuse Mike Smith and Henrik Lundqvist. I'm not saying that no, I'm not putting them in that category. I know. Okay. Okay. I'm just mm -hmm. I'm just talking to people. Just talking. Let's not confuse the two who both have uh good playoff numbers. One guy's been in the playoffs basically every year. The other's Mike Smith. And Henrik Lundqvist has been the, the messed up thing is Henrik Lundqvist, you could argue, has been the best playoff goalie over the past 15 years. Just hasn't won. Hasn't won a cup. Almost did. Damn near almost. Ah. Ah. It's going gonna, it's gonna, to – at least Luongo went quietly into the night because the Panthers couldn't be arsed to surround him with a good team. If Lundqvist doesn't win it, oh, it's going to be torturous because he has been legitimately spectacular over his career. And if the Rangers lose, I just don't think it's going to be because of him. Yeah, and let's also not forget that uh, Shesterkin on uh, was it Saturday was unfit to play. He was oh. out for uh, for injury, and Georgiev was the backup, and it was just Lundqvist as a starter. So I don't know if today he was also unfit to play because I know he was at practice and then didn't get the start. But that's why that's why uh, Lundqvist started on Saturday, at least. Sushurkin was interesting because he, I want to say, because he was involved in an accident, mm -hmm. um, was. and then, and that sort of, I mean, he obviously missed time with an injury, but like that messed up his. Didn't he? Wasn't he sort of in and out of the lineup after that? Mm -hmm. 
I think yeah, so. It seems From like, what I remember, it seems like it's still yeah, a haze. I, I don't want to guess. Yeah, I know it was all a haze. I, I don't want to guess or or anything like that. I want to say, you know, why I remember it so vividly. I want to say that was announced on the day of the trade deadline because mm-hmm. I remember being in the CBC studios. It was in the morning, and we're just sort of like, well. <laughs> isn't uh, this a bit of an X factor in everything? And then obviously uh, they didn't play very many games. Right. Yeah. So this would be, it'll be interesting to see if they start him in the next game. I, I have a feeling they don't, but uh, let's move on to the series that nobody cares about, including fans of the teams, because uh, Islanders fans know they're going to win this series and Panthers don't have any fans. So I think it's going to be pretty tough for anybody to pay much attention to this, but but I thought it was interesting. And this Sergei is just Bobrovsky's me. Washed. Wow. Like, wow, man. Wow, washed. Bobrovsky. But, but let's talk about Andy Green. Andy Green, 37 years old, traded from the New Jersey Devils to the Islanders at the trade deadline. Lou Lamorello, as he often does, traded a second round draft pick for Andy Green, who he had he in New Jersey. Him because <laughs> he hates them hates second rounders can't stand them can't stand them and are andy you over green, 35 <laughs> second, second rounder. rounder andy green got himself a healthy scratch for game one that's not good right no now johnny boychuk uh got uh, just a brutal hit to the head from matheson um, and he may not draw in for game two. We will see. Not playing it yet. Um, but it is not a uh, not a good look. And uh, I, I wondered about the. I mean, uh, that's the only thing of interest that I could find. We know the Islanders. The Islanders should win this series. They should win this series, no problem. Uh, the I only think- story to come out of that series would be if they lost it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Or yeah. yeah, and like if Bobrovsky was all of a sudden back to him, and I would expect because Bobrovsky, we we've talked about this before. This is his pattern. Bad year, good year, bad year, good year, bad year, good year. Right? Mm-hmm. We talked about... Next year, he's going to be phenomenal. He's going to be spectacular. We're going to be like, why did we ever think that? Why did we ever doubt <laughs> Sergei Bobrovsky? He's won Vesna twice. The Russian Pecorino. Like yeah. Just, who we also need to talk about later on. Who they both... They all three of them have Mike Smith syndrome, but mm-hmm. like to the extreme. Uh, we were talking about like all oh, the Blackhawks and man, the Montreal Canadiens look bad in their warm-up game. We were talking about the worst team remaining. It's the Panthers. It's clearly the Panthers. They were awful yeah. like in March and then they sold. And now here they are in the playoffs despite selling. <sighs> they should, there should have been a rule. Did you sell at the deadline? All right, you're out. <laughs> uh, that, and lastly, Buffalo should be in. They bought. <laughs> they did. They Wayne, bought. Wayne Simmons. <laughs> they did. They did. They should be in. Montreal out. You now, traded Kovalchuk away. Sabres got if, Wayne if, Simmons. Sabres are Buffalo, in, you're out. If Buffalo was in, would they be legally required to still retain their old GM, who they have since fired? Yes. They were totally confident in in March. And they get um, they get Connor Sherry back <laughs> for their series against Pittsburgh. And they get uh, John Jaka, just for and, fun. Yeah. And they he get John Jaka. Over there. And John Jaka and... <laughs> Hurt feelings and a second rounder. That's how it works. I'm excited for hurt feelings. Um, Nashville and Arizona. Uh, Oliver Ekman Larson kicked it off with a. Uh, you got to think. You got to feel for Oliver Ekman Larson, who is a perennial 
Norris candidate who hasn't seen the playoffs in what, eight years. Uh, and he hit that like five player trick shot and it sort of arced its way past UC Saros and that kicked off the game. Great start for the Coyotes, which was cool. Um, but if you're, you know, up until this, this game, Pecorine had started 89 straight playoff games, 89, which is an enormous number. That's amazing. Like that speaks to the, the success of the Nashville Predators franchise to keep perennially winning. If the Leafs had played half of that in the last 10 years, it would be amazing. I would be thrilled. So he didn't get in. Pecorino didn't get in. Do you put Pecorino in after this game? It was four to one at one point. Then the, you know, the Nashville Predators started to started to come back. Do you stick with UC Saros or do you go with the guy that brought you to game six of the Stanley cup finals just a few years ago? I, mm, I say Rene, cause you got to pull out all the stops. You know how we talked about, Oh, are, are the Leafs going to have to make significant changes if they lose Nashville has to like, for God's sake, like you made it to the cup final and you are very, you very clearly never made it close after that. You're not close to that team. The Nashville Predators, it would appear, are nowhere near winning a Stanley Cup. Right? Mm-hmm. You got to make significant changes if you lose to the frigging Coyotes in a play-in. I don't, listen, does is this a real Stanley Cup? Yes. Yes. Okay, then you make decisions based on how you perform in these playoffs, everybody. If this is a real Stanley Cup, you need to make decisions based on your team's performance. And if the Steve. Preds continue to suck and lose, <laughs> Steve, you got to do stuff. Sorry. Jesse, Sorry you... to get you out of bed. <laughs> Steve, are you speaking directly to Justin Bourne, who told you to calm down when you said you were going to take uh, something away from these playoffs when they were done? Yes. Okay. I'm speaking directly <laughs> to him for the pure fact that he was right about absolutely everything else carolina uh, why why did i pick the rangers why yep um, I, don't get it. I don't get that i didn't get that when you guys picked that either no but thinking, it's it's not just justin Bourne though like because because i that was the number one thing that i got feedback on people were messaging me like even like dude i listened to the show like i've, I've watched you for years but like that's an aggressive take like what's wrong with you <laughs> that, that the Leafs should make what what's, i get that once a show you need once freaking help and I'm like, I know. All right. But you, you, there's something wrong with you if you think the Leafs should make significant. Stop being bad at hockey and win some games. Which team am I talking about? The Leafs. Leafs. The Reds. Reds. Win. Holy shit. It's yeah. not, it's not, I was, I was about to say it's not hard. It is hard, but it's not complicated. Mm. Hmm. It's not. If the Bruins lose in the first round, they shouldn't blow it up. They've gotten pretty gosh darn close a few times recently. Mm-hmm. The Leafs and Preds blow it out your nose. I'm so I'm sick of the Preds. I'm sick of that team. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're done. I. They're they're in the worst spot possible. Which is on the way down. <laughs> we, we, yeah, and some heavy contracts too that would be pretty tough to unload. So, I didn't, oh yeah, there's nothing, nothing like spending 
Uh, let, let me do a little bit of math. Nothing like spending, what is it, $22 million on three second-line centers. Awful. Yes. Oof. Kyle Turris, Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson. Yeah, and I'm being uh, generous saying three. Yeah, Turris I don't is, think – Is your second-line center on what team? Yeah, I don't I don't think – What a, team? Not on a winner. Not anymore. Turris has disappeared. Like, it's not – I don't know what happened. Just fell off. And this, um, this Preds fans are like – yeah, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I don't think they disagree. I think it's Fair. just it sucks. It just sucks. Now, um, that's all the the actual playoff ones. Guys, let me be honest with you. No, lie to me. I'm going to lie to you. Okay. I don't give a shit about the plans for the, no. the good teams. No, good teams matter. can go away. It doesn't matter. I, but that was the Nuz. Nuz goal. Well, I guess. Yeah. Do we need, no, like, do we need to right. talk no, about how the Flyers he, and Bruins are good? The playing game, the top team seeding games don't matter because they home don't. ice doesn't matter because home ice doesn't exist because they all play in the same freaking arena at the yeah. same time with like, no it's fans. It's a pointless thing. Like, They're just so, trying to get them to play. It's more it's exhibition, basically. Yeah. I did like Bruce Cassidy's press conference. That's about the most interesting thing that's happened in those in those games. So uh, going forward on this show, unless there's a great Sally to talk about, probably not going to talk about them too much. Because there's not a lot of storylines coming out because what do you get to extrapolate? Well, the very good Philadelphia Flyers beat up on the very good Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. Okay. The only only thing I can take from it so far, like who looks the best? Who looks the uh, – my original for my Sportsnet bracket, my original Stanley Cup final was the Flyers and Avs, and I changed it mid-show to the Penguins and Avs, and I live in regret. Ooh. But the two best-looking teams right now are the Avalanche right. and the Flyers. Man, it's unbelievable how the Flyers have come on this year. Holy moly. They're a great hockey team, man. Great, great hockey team. team. They have skill, and um, they do that thing. Um, um, oh, they frigging try. <laughs> Just try. Just try. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Now, we do. We mentioned this on the last show. We're going to talk about it again. You guys saw Matt Dumba's speech. Yes. Heartfelt. Mm-hmm. Moving. Touching hit all the right things, all the right notes, all the right info in a pretty succinct amount of time. And this is a guy that does not, you know, does not give speeches for a living, right? That's not his, he's not a trained speaker. He doesn't talk shit like we do for a living. And this guy, I thought, went out there and absolutely nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. The one thing that gets me, though, is the next day, He's standing on the bench for the national anthems with his hand up in the air and not a single player on his team does the same. And I'm going to read you a tweet from Greg Wyshynski because I think this is uh, I think this is a good tweet. Now, Greg was quoting somebody else and I can't remember the person's name at the moment, but as I bring up the tweet, I will read it to you. Uh, so John, so it's John Matisse, right, Steve? John Matisse. Oh, I think Mattis. Mattis. Okay, sorry, John. Uh, Asked by John Mattis if there has been talk among Wild about joining Matt Dumba in the fist raise or locking arms during the anthem. Coach Dean Evason said, nope, there's been no discussions. The only thing that we've discussed as a staff is that we want to eliminate racism for good. So my question is, if you have um, a broken arm, and you are walking around going, what do I do with this broken arm? Does it help to have a bunch of people around you go, 
man, I, I don't like broken arms. Do you like broken arms? No, I don't like broken arms. I, I would never support broken arms. I don't support broken arms. I'm anti-broken arm. Yeah. Anti-broken arm. Some Me. of my best friends are arms. <laughs> <laughs> no. But does your arm remain broken if you don't set it and put it in a cast and maybe get some metal screws in it depending upon how bad it's broken? Guys, does your arm remain broken if you do nothing to fix it? Well, yes. maybe it'll heal eventually. It might heal not. weird. It's going to heal weird. Yeah, a little crooked. Yep. Yeah. Now so we're getting too medical. What are we to make of this? Are we committed to this or are we not committed to this? And I say we as in hockey community. Because it seems like there's a lot of people on the fan side of things that are more than happy to see players kneel, lock arms, whatever it is. And again, I keep saying chicken shit, man. Like Matt Dumba, after he gives the speech, is the only one who kneels. And and I'm sorry, Matt Dumba, who came out to make a speech during a Blackhawks Oilers game. Yeah. What? I think why that's why, was... why was he made to be the sacrificial lamb? Well, I like, think that... I, I really don't think we're appreciating the gravity, the, the balls. I think he, part of that, he, the initiative part of that, hold on. I think part of that is Edmonton, major, major hockey center in, in Canada, Chicago, major hockey center in the United States. I think they were looking at eyeballs, right? Does that, does that sound fair to you guys? It could also be he plays for the Minnesota Wild, Minnesota, George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Could be that. But that's why they would pick that game because it would probably have more viewers. Oh, okay. That's what I'm trying to say. I understand. Okay. Could be that. I. Uh, question for the both of you. So he kneels. He makes a speech. He kneels. Uh, he raises his fist. Nobody joins him. Um, and I couldn't help but feel like that almost made it worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was worse than before anybody had kneeled, right? Now, Jesse, your mic cut out a little bit there, but say it was start. You said 100%. I was going to say 100% it makes it worth. Um, Can I read a tweet as well? There was a tweet from uh, Nikki Reyes, Sportsnet uh, personality. Mm -hmm. She said, so after the murder of George Floyd in the very city you play for, not one teammate had the balls to support Matt Dumba and the message he bravely delivered. And I felt like just the raising of the fist and nobody else doing it along with him was the, isn't that the entire point of this things? So that we're not, we're no longer against racism. We're all anti-racist and we're acting towards um, thing, things that are racist so that we're all standing together to boost up the marginalized groups. And they left the one black guy on the ice out there alone and nobody showed support for, with him. They didn't like, even have him on the ice. Well, Malcolm well why was he on the and, bench raising a fist? Like, how hard is it to put him in the starting lineup? Right. Have yeah, him on the ice. He's Matt Dumba. You put Let him, him in kneel. the starting lineup. Right. He's Matt Dumba. He probably ought to be. Yeah. The whole the whole thing is about showing solidarity and coming together. And they did exactly the opposite and let some an individual stand out and do the work for himself. And it's what it, we've been talking about, where we're leaving it up to black people to solve white people being racist right we're, we're leaving it up to the people at the bottom to try and fight their way up instead of the top lending a hand down and scooping them up 
Mm-hmm. You know, and just leaving him out there, it did feel worse because it just showed again the willingness of the players to not just show some support. Because and their slogan on the back of them is "We skate for," and then it says "Black Lives." But it's not. It wasn't we. It was. It was I. It was one guy standing there. There was no we in that moment, and that ooh, that irked me the wrong way for sure. It's the only league, man. The only league, yeah. and. Listen, it's, it's, <laughs> I feel like, you know, every time we tweet about this or whatever, there's a lot of people telling on themselves in the mentions. Oh yeah. A lot of people telling on themselves. Not man. even subtle. There's Paul, it's of... just spotlighting yourself, man. Yeah. You just, you just did not read. You just did not pay attention. And the best one I've seen, and I'm sorry to cut you off, Steve is, well, most of these players are Canadian. Well, and then Matt. Oh, Dumb- fucking what, man? So, Matt so Dumb- what? So, I didn't that recognize this. doesn't happen this. here? Come on. I didn't recognize this, but supposedly he kneeled for the American and not the Canadian. And he has yeah. since said that he wishes he kneeled for the Canadian one, too. Right. Because he's got indigenous family. Yep. And uh, I don't know if you've been watching the news, but uh, pretty awful things happening to them. A uh, couple things. Please, there are too many things tugging at your energy right now for you to be wasting time on anybody trying to seriously or jokingly explain to you that kneeling on the ice is hard is that are people doing that yes and please stop responding to those people because they're either joking or stupid (laughs) let's not as someone who is bad at skating let me tell you it is one of the easiest things you can do as a matter of fact, every time I fall down, I'm like, kneeling is easier. <laughs> See how I'm going zero kilometers an hour? This is better. Now, as for the kneeling thing, I said to someone, if you don't get it by now, it's because you don't want to. But maybe you didn't get the memo. So let me read something from Kendall uh, Coyne Schofield. Okay, this was uh, from a series of tweets uh, that she had not too long ago. She said, I was one of the people who initially thought Colin Kaepernick kneeling was disrespectful. I reacted to what he was doing instead of why. Then I listened and learned. Instead of just deleting a misinformed tweet I posted four years ago, I should have been clear back then and now, and not just knowing it, but I should have said it. So let me be absolutely clear. It was never about the flag. It was never about my family members who served. It wasn't about me. It always was and is about George Floyd and the countless others who came before him. It's about justice and equality. I know better. I will continue to do better. Now, you've heard that. And if you don't get it from now on, it's because you don't want it. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty simple concept. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Second best time is now. All that stuff. Now, you know. And if you don't get it, you don't feel like it. And I don't know what to do about that. It's it, it, the, the funny part is, is like, there's nothing that's really up for debate here. The stats bag it up. The conditions, social conditions bag it up. Yeah, there's uh, nothing it's, up it's, for debate. Well, I disagree, said everybody. Yeah, well, yeah, this thing is, <laughs> like, is that you sometimes it's, it, you know, it's, it's like uh, it, the age of truth that we live in, where, you know, alternate truths and things like that. I know that people like to put a bow on that stuff and go, well, you got to open up the floor to debate. It's like saying water isn't wet. If it's a proved fact, you can't really debate it. It's, it is what it is. So what you're going to do about it and how you're going to 
act on that is up to you. And I think that uh, I think that the NHL, somebody tweeted to me, the NHL never misses an opportunity to miss an opportunity. <laughs> Who said that? I forget. And it, whoever you are, man, it was a fun, oh, funny tweet. Funny. Damn it. That's good. There's and there's a lot of there's a lot of people too also just trying to take away from the actions being like why does it matter if they do this if they're doing this another way like I saw people arguing like hey the Leafs wore Black Lives Matter shirts the first day they walked into practice I'm like okay that's good but keep you need to show your support and these things matter to these communities you know because um. On Saturday, we were, I was watching the Raptors game, and then my girlfriend came home in the middle of while I was watching the game, and she just stopped, and she glanced at the TV, and she's like, whoa, that's so cool that Kyle Lowry's wearing an education reform jersey. That's crazy that that's happening. She had no idea that it was a thing the NBA had outlined and all that stuff, but just seeing that passing on TV meant something. And just if, if, the, if the NHL could just show support it means something to these communities. Don't diminish what kneeling or raising your fist means to me because it means something to me. And by you saying, like, why does it matter if they if they kneel? You know, it matters to me. So it's disrespectful to diminish that to these communities who care about these issues. Let me ask you something, guys. What is a flag? Cloth. No, what is it, though? What is a flag? What does a it represent? Symbol, a symbol of a country? Symbol. Know. Symbol of a country. And the reason that they started to have flags and banners was it was because it was your family or your country, and it was so other people could know symbolically who you were a part of because countries don't really exist. There are, like, oh. imaginary borders. Now we're not but in really, the house. Let's go. But really, a flag, a flag exists as a symbol, a representation of a country. All we are asking and all, sorry, we, all people who are disadvantaged are asking is that you symbolically acknowledge that they're disadvantaged. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's not about the flag. We've established that. It's not about the military. We've established that. Stop saying it. So if you are, listen, if you are anti-symbol, that's one thing, I guess. (laughs) I guess. But you can't be pro-flag, which is a symbol. And then anti-kneeling because it's anti-flag. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. The fl- Both are symbolic of something. All they're asking is very bare minimum. That's it. Um, can I can I bring up a little thread that I thought was also it perfectly illustrated what the problem is? Uh, from uh, Hamel Javari, Javari, sorry, from USA Today. Uh, first question. This is after the Blackhawks Oilers game. First question for the Blackhawks after that historic moment on the ice. Five points. Can you just talk about that game and how it was? <laughs> Second question. <laughs> what was it like without fans? What a question. <laughs> talk about that game and how it was. <laughs> talk about that game and how it was. Second question. What was it like without fans? First question for Taves, captain of the Chicago Blackhawks. Talk about the power play. Mm-hmm. Second question for Taves in French which he is also answering in French. And then she put upside down smiling face. So I guess, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't speak French either. So I would have had trouble with that. ESPN's Greg Wyshynski, the only reporter to ask about Dumba's decision to kneel. And it was the final question. Taves said it was a great gesture by both teams and that he was told about it yesterday. Didn't really offer anything more than that. Duncan Keith didn't have anything to say. But the 
the big takeaway there is it was the final question. And it was Greg asking. And it was Greg because Greg of course. Ask. Well, I my assumption is Greg had a different question. And I listen, if I was I've been in scrums before, I'm not a professional journalist. I've just I've dabbled. <laughs> I I would I'm not a chef, I cook eggs. That's I right. cook eggs. I can scramble no, some eggs. But I would I would in that scrum I would go under the assumption that that question would get asked long before I had the opportunity. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose it doesn't have to be the first one, but the fact that it almost went unasked at all, mm-hmm. you know, okay. The game happens, you know, it's a big game. It's fresh in your mind. You know, I don't have a problem with it not being the first question i'd i'd like it to be but whatever the fact that it almost got missed entirely come on come on it's ridiculous it's ridiculous this it's it's just it's behind man it's behind it's behind hockey it's behind. baseball football basketball and if you're behind a complete come on. overhaul of culture like you know yeah i'd like i would let gary bettman sleep in my guest bedroom before i let manfred run the league that i watched the most and hockey's behind them i thought regard to this and i thought rob Man- manfred's been an up- upgrade over bud selick holy moly but it's oh if you're behind baseball you're behind you're really behind so anyway that's our thoughts on it uh if you disagree i don't care uh frankly <laughs> i don't care. look at you look at yeah. you still here i just don't yeah i know <laughs> um let's do the uh press conference but first let me use the washroom oh, yeah. guys it's our first press conference in a little while while Jesse is pulling up the myriad questions, I just want to throw out a little package to myself that came in the mail. This was my, uh, I got myself a little pre-summer present. It took like six weeks to arrive. Little package, sure but. Well, that's, that's life with me. But look, it is a, a Great Britain hockey jersey. And this- we're shit and we know we are we're shit oh it froze and shit. we know we are we're shit all right and we know we are, we're shit. Yeah, it froze for a little bit ah like anyway great britain hockey jersey <laughs> it's my favorite this is my favorite inter- of all the international hockey jerseys i think great britain did the best job so uh, and check out the sleeves on these eh? they're so cool anyway so i waited i've been messaging back and forth with a few of our british listeners and i've been saying guys how the hell do i get my because there was the only thing that were available were medium, which is too small for me, or double XL. All the XLs and the larges were gone, and I was upset. And they were like, well, this is in the fall. They were like, well, Adam, you know, the uh, under-20 tournament's coming up, and England's in it. Great Britain's in it. So, which are different, by the way. Don't Great Britain's in it. Yep. So maybe, maybe you'll just get lucky. Well, that was canceled. <laughs> but... For some reason, they made more jerseys, and I was able to get one. So I am so thrilled to have it. Although it's there's some odd things about this jersey, including this collar, which I've never had a jersey collar stick up like this. But I think it's because it's British, and it's very proper. That's your Euro- European style. A lot, a lot of the like uh, Swedish Finnish. Oh, they pop leagues. up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. There you go. I'm very proud of this jersey. I know no one else cares, but I love it. And shout out to our British listeners who are. Uh, far more numerous than you'd think. <laughs> it's actually yeah. surprising. We have a lot I think of it's British. Our third, I think it's our third country. Yeah, a lot of Canadian expats there, uh, but also just a lot of British hockey Brits. fans. 
Yeah. And the official, I know the British official ice hockey league uh, follows all of us on Twitter and they mm-hmm. listen to the show as well. So shout out to them. Uh, I mean, that, that program uh, along with, I think Germany's a program that's come up a long way. Great Britain's one that's come up a long way. Um, and there's, I think Japan's is on the rise as well. Uh, so there's some pretty cool stuff happening in the world. And this is good. If you're a hockey fan, we need this to be a world game. It can't just be a North American game anymore. Listens from the UK all time for the podcast. You don't have to give the, are you giving the exact number? Yeah. Oh, okay. 386,000. That's pretty good. From the UK. That's wild to me. Just listens. Gosh, darn. You guys are wonderful. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Um, Jesse, first question. First question comes from longtime listener, longtime tweeter, Bryson. Mm -hmm. Bryson BLT on Twitter. Mm, this is for you, bacon, Adam lettuce, Lyle. Bryson. For me. How many more songs at 120 BPM did the game need? <laughs> well, I respected the fact that Sportsnet, although definitely not listening to me, had they went out and bought big. A U2 song is not cheap. Uh, so Where the Streets Had No Name was the one that was playing last night. Uh, so they brought out the big guns for the playoffs. And listen, I get what they're saying. Uh, you know, I get what they're doing with you know not buying big game you know, non big games, big songs for big games. You know what I mean? Like you don't buy a big song for an exhibition game. And they had the Arkells thing with Budweiser or whatever that came out as well. Um, so, you know, that was cool. I, it, I felt amped up for the broadcast. I was happy with how that didn't, didn't you? I, I don't listen for the music. I, 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 I don't listen for the it music either, there. but I'm talking about the energy was good. That's what I was saying. That was my I, point. The point was not the music last time. That it only know, affects me when I'm there. Okay. I'm on Steve's side. I watch hockey for the hockey, not oh, like you, Adam, God. who watches it I've, for the production. Most of the time, I barely even notice it. Mm. Sorry, man. <laughs> I know I'm not alone. I know I, I'm not alone. It does bug me when I go to a game, and then I won't go for like six months, and I come back, and I'm like, this is the exact same playlist. <laughs> this is the first commercial break song. No, we're not. Yeah, I'm not, Steve. I'm talking one. about the broadcast, though. I'm not talking about the actual in-game music. You oh. know, we had a whole thing about it on the last show about oh, the- how it was super slow getting into the game. Oh, that's what. Well, this well what do you want, Adam Limbiscuit? <laughs> Come anyway, on. I thought it was great. It was great. Harassing my Let's employer. keep going. Let's keep it All up. Right. Let's keep it up. There's three months of this to go. Uh, Jesse, next question. Next question comes from jake nickel jake nickel wants to know is rolling three lines the right move could the leafs benefit from spezza and clifford seeing more ice time in game two and having the big guns more rested for the late game when we need a goal uh i would like to see well i just like jason spezza as a player and i feel like it's maybe a good idea to get him in a little bit more than that uh kyle clifford i thought would have actually served a purpose probably yeah so it would have been better to get him in for four minutes but i'm not gonna complain uh that sheldon Keefe finally gave us what we wanted uh i didn't have a problem with him rolling three lines i had a problem with those three lines looking like shit um the third line looked great kerfoot looks really good really good uh and when the third line is playing as good as it did minus kasperi cabin and not shooting on a breakaway uh there's no excuse for the Leafs to lose most nights or get shut out for crying out loud. I, I, I'm, I'm going to add to that. If you're making 12, 11, $10 million a year, 
and playing over 20 minutes in a hockey game is going to tire you out, then you shouldn't be making that kind of money. And you're playing um, with a line mate who also makes that amount of money. Right. There is absolutely no reason why the Leafs should run three lines uh, and save anybody at all. No. I mean, you, you could, I mean, I understand what they're doing. Put Matthews out there, put Tavares out there, put Marner out there, put Nylander out there, put the guys out there that are going to score. I get that. You need to do that. We've been screaming for that. But the idea that you need to rest anyone after four months off, I think is a little premature. No. If you have a broken arm and are playing them with a frozen broken arm, maybe you need a little rest. But beyond that, no. You need to like get them out there, get them out there as many times as you can. The law of averages is when you have a guy on your team that scores 47 goals in less than 70 games, then you put him out there as many times as you can because eventually he's going to put another one in. And that's what I want to see with Matthews. So glad Keith did it. Let's keep it going. Our next question comes from Caleb. Caleb wants to know, Caleb Wheaton, should the playoff qualifiers be a permanent thing for the seven to 10 place teams in each conference? No, never. Absolutely not. What? No, this isn't baseball. They baseball was like, we have exactly three teams make the playoffs or whatever it used to be. And people had to beg and plead for two decades. And then they got the wild card game. And now Uh, it's going to be more, I think. I think they're looking at more, aren't they? Sure. Yeah, this this season, the baseball playoffs have been expanded. Yeah, and I think they're going to remain that way. I think it's going to be 16 teams that make it. Yeah, this is unique. It's a unique set of of circumstances. But uh, 16 out of 32 teams making it. See this the the issue I think is 16 out of 30 teams was really good. Then 31 and now it's 32. Mm-hmm. So I you know what maybe maybe I will warm up to the idea of there being some sort of playing round. I wouldn't hate 20 of 32. I'd I want you know what I'd I'd like it to be a wild card game. Yeah. I'd like it to be one game. No best of 5 and now we're waiting on you and no a one game must watch in the east and in the west and then they get to play blah you 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 get the you get this one winner take all playoff game and you get the privilege of taking on the winner of your conference it's that i'd watch it i'd watch it and you know it would take some people time to get warmed up to it i just think there's less of a need for it in hockey because it's four four rounds of playoffs Right. But with 32 teams, I think you're going to have to include more teams. Otherwise it's just bad for business. Frankly, Hmm. the wild card game rules. I'll say that as a Jays fan. Right. And I, I don't understand. uh, I've never understood why the MLB would want to play less games. I've never, there's no business case where that makes sense. Baseball. Yeah. It's just business cases. That's how we've always done it. Right. You know, and when they had 15 teams, okay, I guess that makes sense. But again, they've expanded, they've been at 30 teams for years. So it's, it's stupid. And like Toronto, for instance, you know, when the, when, and I think Toronto had to be a really good case for them because Toronto hadn't made the playoffs in baseball since 1993. And in 2015, they go on a run and they get there. And all of a sudden the Jays go from getting 20,000 people a night to 55,000. And not only does it have an enormous effect on the Jays themselves, but Rogers, the parent company, has an enormous quarter because everything Rogers goes through the roof because it's a great association. It's a great purchase by Rogers when the Jays are making the playoffs. Every, everybody wins when you get teams in the playoffs and teams are in it. And there is nothing like playoff baseball. And there's nothing worse than 
uh, uh, 22 of 30 teams being out of it for the entire last month. Who's going to a Jays game in September when they don't win? Yeah, like, and, and that's the thing. And under this new playoff scheme, the Jays would have made the playoffs something like 10 years, not 10 straight uh, years, but 10 of the previous like 15, 20 years. It's crazy. So yeah, I think you, I think you, I, I don't mind a play in, even if it's a wild card game, it's something. Plus if you're, if you're the players, you love it. Cause you're in, if you're the ownership, you love it too, because you get gate, right? You get money. What, what's the best game of any series? The last game seven. With any, 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 yeah, the last one. What, what is the number one stupid sports bar conversation? No, 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 no. One game, winner take all. Who are you taking? And it, wow, I was really wasted in that scenario. But you get a chance to answer that question. Yeah, it's Agreed. one game. Agreed. Who's it going to be? And the, what's the cool thing is, is that if the NHL decides to expand past this, let's say, uh, I mean, people would have thought, um, you know. 15 years ago that it would be nuts that the NHL would even consider going beyond 26 teams. Crazy. So what happens when we get to 36 or 40, right? Cause that's probably where they want to go. What happens when you're including potentially other, uh, other continents. And if they're a smart league, they might want to, I would. You're going to have to expand it. You're going to have to expand it. But what it allows you to do is expand the play in without expanding the playoff for a while you add four more teams to that just expand the play in but the playoffs remain four rounds so you get to keep that integrity for people that that matters to i think it should be in a league 60 percent of the team should make the playoffs money well 16 in a 32 team league even i know that math it's only half yeah not enough it's not enough so yes i agree i think you should see i changed my mind from the beginning of that answer to the end of it (laughs) that's why we do this Yep. Final question, and I want to I wanna answer this question first Ooh. once I throw it out there. Must be a good one, then. This one's from a real good pro on Twitter. <laughs> Since we are all in television, he's an RTA grad himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, yes. What is your favorite feature or angle about the new NHL or NBA broadcasts? Is there anything they should definitely keep moving forward? Now, I want us to answer this question by saying, I miss the fans. When Mitch Marner got clobbered, I ex- I expected like my internal brain it expected a big pop from the crowd, and then it didn't happen, and I missed it. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the lack of fans. I'm I just like throwing that out there. Um, Jim Jim Houston had a funny one on Freddie's huge save. Yeah, where he was like, "Ah, oh, the computer fans didn't do that justice." <laughs> yep. and from the from the broadcast angle, you couldn't really see what happened. You could tell it was a big save, but you couldn't really see what happened. Then they showed the other angle that actually showed what Freddie did. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. And if instead of that, you had half a building that could see it, it's more than that. It's three quarters of it. You get both ends and the one side. Ah! Yeah, I did miss that. Um, I'm going to take from another league. Uh, I got a real kick out of the, I get a real kick out of the NBA digital boards where the fans are actually watching from home live, like on zoom. And Paul Pierce was watching the Celtic game and the Celtics were losing. And you could see him lying on the side of his coach, like at home, (laughs) but blasted on the stadium. And I think if you could somehow find a way to incorporate that once or twice a game and like, you know, 
fans pay 10 bucks and they get, you know, five or 10 minutes blasted on, on a board somewhere uh, where it looks like they're watching the game. There's got to be some way to include that forever from now on. And on, I like, just wear a costume, dress up like gritty. If you're, if you're a Leafs fan and they're playing at home, wear a suit. Yeah. 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 yeah Stuff like suit, that. Sushi. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think, uh, I think it, 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 uh, I thought that was such a brilliant idea. I don't know how you incorporate that with fans in the building, but to me, it's like the NBA always does an amazing job of going what's next. Right. The NHL is like, we'll just cover up the seats. The NBA is like, no, how do we bring fans in? How do we do that? And this, and I'm not, I'm not hating on the NHL setup. It looks amazing, but they didn't look at that and go, what's next. They looked at, they looked at that and go, what can we do already? And I think the NBA is just, they're the sport to watch. They're the number one. And wow. Wow. Was that cool? And wouldn't it be fun? Although hockey players are not that much fun. Uh, even when retired, wouldn't it be fun to see Wayne Gretzky like Skyping in for a game, uh, you know, watching an Oiler game, you know what I mean? Or Doug Gilmore, who was, you know, Instagramming up a storm yesterday before the Leafs game, you know, having him watch the Leafs play. That'd be kind of neat, right? I think that there's, there's something to that and there's something there. And I would just, you know, that's what I would, my, my ridiculously long answer to that short question is. Uh, I really like that people are able to break down exactly what is being said from the benches because you can hear it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised they mic the ice. I really am. I'm I don't know if they, they do. Didn't... I think yeah, you just they, hear... they hang a mic down. Yes, absolutely. They oh, they, do they, so good. You can hear the the skates. That's why you can hear them talking. Don't listen. If someone says something truly awful, you bleep it. Don't bleep f bombs. Don't. What? No, I'm saying don't bleep f bombs. It's no, it's it's a family what? broadcast. You, Steve, don't you, care. You don't, it's illegal. There's too to many of them. <laughs> then don't it. have the mic. The, do then don't have the mic. Do I agree. You shouldn't have, have the mic down. down. <laughs> That's but what they want to hear. They want to hear the yelling and the skating. But yes, Jesse, go ahead. Do you want Sportsnet to have a broadcast license? Because I'm before say, before I'm nine p.m., you cannot have swearing. Cool. I'm asking the CRTC to be cool. Wait, and before 9, 9 p.m.? It's the FCC you got to worry about. The CRTC is pretty benevolent. Oh, the state's the FCC. ruining it again. Telling state's you. ruining it again. Typical. There it is. Don't say no. It's one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Correct. Don't do it. See, son. Leo, this is what it is. This is what life is. It's hard. Hey, hey go and look at your guide. Check out what channel the game's on and what channel Peppa Pig's on and don't confuse the two. Hockey's on. Quit ruining my fun. I want to hear the swears. I want to hear the swears, gosh darn it. I will say this. And I don't know if this is say a it. Sportsnet thing. We're not going to stop you. You say it. Friggin' say it, Adam. I don't know if this is a Sportsnet thing or an NBC thing. They have this new high camera. Mm -hmm. and i've the seen the worst thing in sports so jesse hates it <laughs> that's Adam... the football one right that's on the cables yeah yeah they tried that a few years ago with hockey yeah no 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 so but do you hear how you said it you're like i don't like it i don't like it now the i want to say tsn is big on this they do the behind the net cam for the power play i hated that thing at first oh yeah i hated it i actually i've grown to like it I've grown to like it. We beg for change in this sport so, so much. And then they try something different and we shit all over it. No, we I'm want not... to change in the sport, not in the camera yeah. angles. We can see the game fine. 
You know what get you know what angle sucks? Can I just be on like let's just be straight about this? They made a huge deal of this when Rogers bought um uh uh hockey because they were gonna add a whole bunch of so they so Steve the, the cable cam one, the cable cam cable I cam that. which I didn't yeah. mind. I I thought it was okay, which was something they took from the NFL. It works better in the NFL because of the wide field and the uh, the big dramatic pauses between play. You it's know, good you for the more, most of the NBA or of the NFL is waiting for the play to happen rather than it actually happening. But in hockey, it's constantly moving, so it's different. But what I hated was the stupid ref camp. Every time <laughs> you hated that, I hate it because here's the deal: they'd start the game, they'd oh, be ready for like face it. off, and the camera angle doesn't catch the face off. But then they always de- default to that case. So you see like the side of John Tavares's face and you don't see the puck drop and you don't know when the face off. The ref cam never actually gets center ice. It gets John Tavares's crotch. And it's like, I don't, why are we going to this? Just do the overhead shot down like you normally did so I could see where the puck is going. That is the worst angle in sports. There, I said it. Yeah, but they don't really use it anymore. No, because yeah. you know why? Because it sucked. I'd and rather see them. The face off. I'd rather see them try and fail than not try anything. I agree. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. But you try that once. You don't need to try it for three seasons. Yeah. Do you need a bit of a see what I'm saying? Just Switch it up with smaller sample sizes. <laughs> Big change. Anyway, so you like that angle, Steve? Jesse does not. I'm willing to give it a chance. I didn't no. say I like it. Jesse, what the, don't you like about it? The the overhead angle. Yeah. You can't get a a good sense of where the the perspective of the players. It's too it's too flat and like one dimensional. I find when you're overhead because it, it throws off your perspective of the ice. And I feel like we figured out the perfect broadcast angle for a hockey game is along the side and you follow the puck. Right. I just I feel like we don't need innovation on that front. And if you want to turn your efforts to somewhere else, more important like a lot of other aspects of hockey, I feel like you should do that. Would you take it for a replay? Like, does it work for a replay for you? I, I think if you, you have the money and the technology, keep that camera up there because it might come in handy on some sort of suspension or a hit or some sort of replay, but don't show it during the game. When the play is happening live, keep it on the side view and use it for replays. Use it for replays if there's a controversial call or if you want to, there's something dramatic, but yeah. We figured you, out the broadcast. The thing. thing I always look at, and I agree with you, Jesse. The thing I, I always look at is how do we watch the, be- the the greatest game in the world? Soccer is one camera. <laughs> back and forth and back and forth. Baseball is like two. It's It's not hard to watch the game. And I question, what is the entertainment value when you add all this extra stuff, right? Sometimes those cable angles are cool because what I loved about the, the, the cable car thing was that you could follow the play up the ice. I thought that was really neat. I like shootouts. Yeah. I like, that's it. I cool. like it for shootouts and penalty yes. shots. But live during the game, you don't need it's to tough. change much. Tough. 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 And it's a lot of angles. And frankly, if you've ever been in one of those uh, buses where they actually have the producers calling the camera angles out. Insanity. It's insanity. Simplify those people's job. That is, that's like air traffic controller crazy. Like that is a crazy gig. You should look that up of uh, what those people have to do uh, to, uh, to make a game happen. It's un- like broadcast crews behind the scenes are unbelievable. Um, and, and I, I think that, you know, adding, adding to that and the replay is cool, but when you, these poor people are already calling out the camera angles during the game, it's hard enough. Ready two, take two, <laughs> ready three, 
take three. Half the time they don't know the score. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, how would they talk to them ten minutes after? Like, dude, who won? I don't know. That's not their job. It's not it's their, not job, their job. No, yeah. oh, it's chaos. It's chaos. Yeah. And they're sucking on a fisherman's friend just to be able to talk through the next game. Like it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy gig. I don't it's, know how you even get good at that. Like, oh, where do you practice that? I saw, I'm glad we got to watch a documentary of it um, when I was in school. Cause th- there wasn't a whole lot of emphasis on sports stuff in my program. And I'm like, Oh, we're about to watch a sports doc. I'm going to be all about this. And I watched it and I'm like, I will never do that job ever in my entire life. I don't want, I I mean, I scream for a living, but like I control the rate at which I scream Hmm. for my job. That one is just "Ah!" like in every final minute, like when the most goals are scored and the most action happens, you're just screaming. And then yeah. someone tweets when you put an E instead of an A and screws up a name. <laughs> and it ruins your whole goddamn night. Meanwhile, I was just commanding this truck of 20 people screaming. Working yep. in uh, working in sports TV for the brief what, eight months that I did, it was, it was cool to see it up close and personal with the Tim and Sid team because I think that's like – it was a master class in how to run like a, a studio operation. Mm-hmm. Like, so I got a shout out like Thomas Dobby. He was their their head producer who do all the camera angles, and I got to sit behind him for most of it. And they're just they're spectacular at what they do. And like you said, Steve, it's not something you really learn. It's just kind of they know how to do it, and they get the reps on the job, and they've mastered it over there. So yeah, it's really cool mm-hmm. to see it up up close and personal. I. I really appreciated that they in- invited me on to co-host that one day, but they, like the way the show is run, you could have plucked anyone from the Starbucks across the street and just been like, Hey, you're co-hosting with Sid today. And they would have done a good job just because of how they run the show. <laughs> yeah. They're it's amazing. It's an amazing show. It's not easy to do shows like that. No. no. So, and, and you know what I have to say, even with like BT as well, like you get up and you move and it's sort of like there, there are shows like panels are very, uh, very planned, right? We know which clips we're going to. We know where everybody's sitting. And, if, you know, pre-COVID, it, nobody's getting up to move around. Tim and Sid, they get up and they move and they dance. When I was on breakfast television, same thing. Uh, Kevin or Dina, who Kevin's no longer the one of the hosts there, but if any of them got up, they'd be like, okay, can you can you just follow me? And they would just, camera would just follow. And, uh, and, they, and the control room would just be on it. And it was expected that they just react. And Kevin would bring up something or I would bring up something or whoever was on would bring up something. And they have these little cuts called viz, which are just visuals that can happen while you're talking about something on, on camera. And they would just be expected to just know, pull up that viz. And it, you didn't, you didn't say it. You didn't plan it. It was sort of just pull it up and go. And uh, that, that job, man. Wow. <laughs> like what a gig brutally tough, but if you're good at it, it's like, it's like watching an orchestra. You know what I mean? Kathy Broderick, Kathy Broderick with Hockey Night in Canada, just decades of Don Cherry going, bring up friggin' (laughs) just whatever he had at the top of his head Uh, at that time. (laughs) Bring up and it always came up. We'll get to it next week. (laughs) It was amazing. Amazing. I, I, um, when I was cutting highlights there for a while, there were these other guys who their job was just to cut stuff he wanted. Like throughout the week, he would literally just be like, there must have been 20 of them. Get uh, Guelph at something storm. And they would just go through the Guelph storm game and cut shit. And he may or may not even get to it on Saturday night. But they oh, never did. 
They only gave they only gave him enough time for one thing, and they'd line up like twenty things, and that was he just what? hit one thing. I'll get to it next week. No, we'll don't play it. All right, we'll don't play. All right, play it. <laughs> anyway, holy shit! Like yep. you, you talk about someone who is good at their job. Yeah, he no is kidding. Unbelievable. So if guys, that's wanna, it. Sorry, oh, what's that? Yes. I was gonna say, if you ever come across John Shannon and you want to talk TV oh. production, that's the guy. Dude, man, I think he, doesn't he have an, like an Emmy for TV production? Probably from his, from his days. Yeah, John. A lot of TV. people don't know that John Shannon was the head of Hockey Night in Canada for years off camera. Oh, he's been in the business forever. Forever. Eternity. Yeah, yeah. He's, he won, uh, and a one hell of a storyteller. Mm-hmm. like amazing storyteller so if you ever do just ask him his favorite story about i don't know hockey night in canada and he'll regale you the guy is uh, uh quite an amazing listen and it's amazing what used to happen in hockey and i'm sure still does from time mm-hmm. to time so he has anyway. a sports emmy for the salt lake winter olympics on NBC. Oh, he, yeah he would have done that yeah, because yeah. uh he was with cbc and stuff too right yeah. so nbc well so nbc would have picked him up then yeah, I assume he worked down in the states for just for the Olympics there. I don't know how yeah. what the deal is. Well, it's not uncommon. You don't. You yeah. probably don't know this, but when CBC used to just get the Olympics, it used to not be like up for grabs, and they have it again. But it used to be that like because like because it used to be like well, they're the Canadian broadcasters, so they do it, and because they were a public broadcaster, they could spend more money, and you know they'd still make money, but like profit wasn't really the goal. The goal was a great broadcast, and. Canada was world renowned for their coverage of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was, and because it's not like in, in the United States, it's like, well, you're going to watch this. It's from five hours ago. It's recorded and it's only the American guy. Whereas Canada, it's like, what's the event? Who won the event? And if you're Canadian, you're used to Canadians not being at the top of the podium. It's like, oh, our guy finished 25th. That's great. Hey man, yeah. this is summer Olympics. Like, great. We're happy. Where that's not the American attitude on it, right? Yeah. And that's fine, just difference of opinion. But Canada does a great job of covering not just Canada, but other, just the event itself. It was, is this a great coverage of the sporting event? Um, and we're recognized sporting consistently. Event. Right. Yeah. yeah Canada, just Canada was recognized consistently first, for that flexibility. It's amazing. They were one of the first countries in the world to just show the Olympics live during what event is happening and not just what th- their country is doing, which is the, what the Americans still do. You'll yes. see, you'll see skating, figure skating at 8 p.m. because there's a whole bunch of Americans in it and it'll be on a tape delay from four hours ago. But Canada, it's okay. This is happening at 2 a.m. We're going to show it live at 2 a.m. and this is everything that's happening. And we're going to break it down like a sporting event. Yes. Not just, hey, this is what Canadians are doing. And the, and the thing that, that's now screwing up the American, like NBC, I believe, does it. The one thing that screws it up now is that Twitter exists. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? So yep. you used to be able to do things on a tape delay, and it's like, well, so too bad. Like, this is when you're getting it. Not anymore. Uh, can't do that anymore. Nope. So, you know, it's changed the American coverage a little bit. It's still American-focused, as you would expect, but it's it's forced them to go, I guess we're going 24 hours because we're going to get beaten by Twitter. <laughs> we paid all this money for for this for this broadcast. We might as well do it, right? Yeah. So it's uh, anyway fascinating, yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know how we got into this topic. Hope but, yeah. hope that answered your question. Don't think it did, <laughs> but hey, we love you, and thank you so much for listening. Now the Leafs play tomorrow night. They sure do. Well, actually, they play tomorrow at four, and they're going to win, hopefully, which means we have a show on Wednesday. <laughs>
So we're going to see you Wednesday because, again, our schedule is going to be a little bit flexible as long as the Leafs are in the playoffs. Don't worry. It probably won't be for long. Uh, But uh, Wednesday is going to be our next show in the afternoon, which will mean it will be posted at night. So be looking out for us then. Thank you once again to Tony, the Team Tiger, from Kellogg's, Frosted Flakes. Eat them during the gig. They're delicious. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. We're so excited to welcome you aboard. Yes, Steve? You're, about, you're awfully close. Steve's Jesse great. Yeah. <laughs> They're great. They sure are, Tony the Tiger. Frosted Personal flakes. <laughs> that Go ahead, Jeff. some frosted flakes. <laughs> what are they? They're what great. are they? <laughs> if you talk during Jesse's thing, his mic deletes it so we can't hear it. Flakes are. They're great. Thank you. There we go. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back Wednesday. Good luck to your team, whoever they are, except for Columbus. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.